Once again, I'd like to apologize for the hoarseness of voice. What's up, though? Welcome back to episode two of the I-90 Sports Podcast. We got a lot to cover today, JD. We had a lot of uh we had a lot of a lot of uh action go down and uh I can't wait to get into it and let's uh let's just jump right in. We'll we'll kind of go backwards a little bit and um we will We'll talk about the Bears, the Bears, Dolphins, and the Pats, Eagles first, and then we will bring in our special guest uh, that we have lined up for the show to uh, to help us talk about some of the rookie quarterbacks. Sounds great, man. I'm excited. So, we got a lot to talk about today, so it's going to be loaded. So Stay with us. Let's get into it. We got to see game number two of the preseason, and... Uh, get a better kind of a better look at at uh some of the starters they played a little longer this this uh you know this game and uh hopefully by the next one we'll see probably a full a full half out of out of the starters that that would be my guess they'll probably play them for a half in the last game but i hope so let's uh so let's get right into it the bears and dolphins i will uh we'll start with them first justin fields the future of your Chicago Bears. Future of the franchise. The future of the city. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll let I'll you start? so I'll let you I'll I'll give you what do you so your initial thoughts in on his performance versus the Dolphins. He was he was electric. I mean, he was like you just felt something when he stepped on the when he stepped on the field like there was like a star power immediately and everybody everybody all the players like you could just see they were all kind of tightened up man it was kind of it was fun to watch honestly i don't think we've ever had that in chicago we've never had a guy everyone's like oh the quarterback's here everybody like let's get ready so uh he wasn't perfect he wasn't perfect he had a few like throws that i was like whoa that needs to get cleaned up that'll get addressed um but he was electric uh, his athleticism, his agility, um, that one was a 20 yard play or something like that. It was a 20 yard run where he like was faster than the safety. It was like, Whoa, Oh beat the, baby. Beat the, beat the safety to the edge. Yeah. Beat the yeah, safety that to was, the edge. Oh, oh, that was something we've never seen in Chicago. So no, it was, a, it was electric. That's, that's what I would say. what do you think? I think you, you hit it on the head where, where they finally have a guy where that you have to like, you have to like, Okay, the difference between a guy like that and Trubisky, you have to game plan for Justin Fields. You have to you have to game plan for him. You have to. He's a difference maker. You know, he's a difference difference maker. He's a playmaker on the field. He did start. I will say this: I did watch. I did rewatch the game. He started off slow. Yeah, he did. The first drive was very slow. You could tell that, like there was an adjustment period to the game speed and, and just, just the, the way, um, you know, like, I think it's a lot, I think it's, it's, it's kind of that, just that rookie shock, you know, like, yeah, that it it's the butterflies. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, you're excited. You're like, Holy crap, this is it like right here. And then he said the game the, slowed down and you could see that in the third quarter, but well, you're right. Yeah, like as the he first gets, drive was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you could no, you could definitely tell that that as it progressed, the second by the second and third drive, he he had 
slowed down and it was you know sometimes you just get the yips and the jitters and it's like you got to get you got to just push through that but he looked very good man he looked poised he looked his 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 footwork was pretty good for 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 well and the most impressive thing to me was the i think it was uh I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday, but so apparently he played really badly in practice on like Monday or Tuesday. Uh, and he told the quarterback's coach, uh, Della Filippino, I forgot his name, Coach D, I'll call him. He called, he told the, the Bears coach, the quarterback's coach, um, that he needed, he wanted to redo everything. So they spent an extra two and a half hours out there doing every single other, like every drill again. So he could do it over again, and he had, he got like fifth stringers and other people to help him and stuff. So yeah, he this kid is absolutely dedicated, man, and I love that. So I'm excited. I'm absolutely excited. Uh, people are saying they're saying he's a stud. He makes head turns when he walks in the room. Yeah, Justin. Yeah, Fields, he's man. he. You actually, they right. actually have a guy that you have to game plan for now, which is dangerous. It's exciting. I didn't even know he was like that. Whenever like, if you look at his college tape, he looks smaller in college he, if he's that one year man he's gotten he's like filled out a little bit yeah he's gotten bigger and stronger he looks big he looks like a big guy now so, so obviously the offense looked pretty good with fields kind of running you know at the helm what did you think about the other end of the the of uh, the other end of it on the def- the defensive side well they're not really doing anything um yet like they're not really gonna go all out like the bears do like they're not going to have mac you know go wild or anything and they still don't even have a key i don't think they have hicks on the field or if he is he just got back on the field i I didn't see him so yeah he i don't i'm pretty sure he wasn't in the preseason yeah no he wasn't and um so they don't have a lot of their guys like ready to go eddie jackson obviously he's been like people say he's had a good camp last year he was not as good as the year year prior so we're hoping for a bounce back year so he can become one of the best safeties in the league again um but i mean i didn't see anything i feel like they're running like a really basic scheme so you know i mean nothing i feel like i won't know of anything about the defense until yeah they're not really going to crank it up until until week one yeah, they're not going to go as, as crazy as they as they will. They don't want to show anything yet, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, because the Bears were you happy? Have some were you happy with how they played? Were you happy with how the yeah. defense did? I think we have some depth. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I think we have a few guys like, uh, um, just like at the line. Like I see a lot. I see a lot of guys at the line that I've never even heard of, and I'm just like, oh hey, turning some heads. You you looked pretty fast. Like so, that's kind of fun. Um, another thing I was very happy about uh, was. The uh, offensive line play, I thought that was really good, very dynamic, very quick feet. I think that we've uh, we we something we struggled with is we had a lot of slow footed offensive line, and like now I think we're getting a little bit like Matt Nagy knows how to draft them, knows how to work them. So it's yeah, good. you want guys, you I'm want excited. guys who can move, you want guys who can Especially move with fields, yeah. So it's excited, it's exciting. I hear uh, that. I'm hear waiting that. for the next game though. I think it's on today or tomorrow. Yeah. Either way, yeah. So tomorrow, I'm excited. I think. I think. I'm gonna go. I'll double check, but yeah, either way, I'm excited. So the progression continues for for uh, Justin Fields. Absolutely. And, and now we will we'll head we'll head down I-90 back towards the East Coast, and for the I see we have our special guest in the house, Lawrence. I promise we will get to you. We will get to you. I have a couple of questions that I would like to ask you and just get your opinions on and uh, we can have you, we can have you uh, answer those. But so 
heading back into uh, this time, the Patriots playing away in Philadelphia, in the link, in a hostile environment. They they go up there and they just absolutely just put a beat down on the Eagles. It uh, it was. I mean, I was expecting it to be a good game, but man, that was the the defense showed all facets of the game for the for the Pats just were were really good. Defensive the defensive line was good. They, I mean, the D line was putting pressure on 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 um, the Eagles all night. It was it was all night. I think they only blitzed like four or five times the whole game, but the D line was getting it done. I mean, Chase Winovich was had himself a, a hell of a game. Uh, the um, the just the D line in general, the interior line, the interior defensive line did really well. I thought Barmore did pretty well, um, and then. The biggest surprise of the night for me was how the jump for Cam Newton from game one to game two. He he looked a lot better. The footwork wasn't perfect, and I don't think it's – I mean, it's as good I, – I think it, it definitely was better. It's not perfect. Um, the footwork for Cam was better. Just that leap. He looked – that was the best I've seen Cam Newton look in a pocket since he got here. Right. Um, but they, they demolished him. And then – Newton was eight for nine with um, Newton was eight for nine with 103 yards. Um, only was one pass the whole night, and then um, Joe uh, Mac Jones, who absolutely had a had a, a two two really good throws. The one to Gunner at the mm-hmm. at the four yard line, and then the one the dime that he dropped to Nikhil Harry along yeah. the sidelines for like 35 yards. He the progression yeah. of both quarterbacks has just been something, something to uh, to 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 see Mac Jones. That's like I said, that's the most comfortable I've seen Mac Jones in a pocket. I mean, um, that's the most comfortable I've seen Cam Newton in a pocket since he got here. Um, now, I, I, and then the deep, like just overall, it was a like the Eagles just seemed like they could not even they couldn't do much at all. But let's bring in our special guest for the evening and. Uh, or for the, I mean, for the morning. Too. What I was going to say, that was a Belichick beatdown. Yeah, Belichick it was. Belichick was pissed about 2017. So, somebody <laughs> who's kind of, who's been following this and who's helped out a few of our friends on their podcast about what he thinks about some of these rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Colts Law on Twitter, guys. Lawrence Owen, we know him by. What's up, bud? What's going on, man? Appreciate you having me on. No problem. Good. So... I have a few. I want to get your thoughts on uh, the Newton Jones situation, also Justin Fields, and I also want to ask you about your rookie quarterback, who did not, who hasn't looked too bad either. Sam Ellinger, the the he's he might be serviceable. What do you, now? What do you? I just want to get your thoughts on kind of all those the the you know the Newton situation. We'll start with that. What's what do you think of the Newton Jones situation? The Newton-Jones situation is kind of unique. Um, I think that Cam Newton really had issues last year and, you know, jumping in with a new coordinator, new quarterbacks coach, new system, new everything in a system that's not used to using skills that, you know, Cam Newton brings or what he might not be good with, right, Uh, that they use a lot. So 
there was a lot of stuff to, to work out, a lot of tweaks to make in order for Cam Newton to, in my opinion, be as efficient as he can with the Patriots. And then they go out and they get so lucky in the draft. I mean, l- lucky as heck when when Mac drops to them and they're like, this is the, the perfect situation, at least in my opinion. I, I, I can't believe that. Belichick wasn't sitting there going, are you kidding me? They had to get you know? nothing up to get him. They had to get <laughs> yeah, nothing exactly. up to get him. He just fell to him. Exactly. And um, now there was a lot of questions about Mac too, coming you know, out of college. There was a, mm-hmm. a, a lot of things. But he seemed to be more of that pocket passer that the Patriots have utilized over you know, the decades and decades that they've been around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I watched – film from cam i've watched film uh from mac and i'm like i like what mac brings to the table Mm. but at the same time he's still young and he's still got to get into the whole nfl you know up to speed yeah Yeah, and all that i like the fact that they're still kind of heavy on cam right now because i mean in my opinion, if the season starts out, you know, good, then Belichick is smart, right? But if he, if it starts off bad, well, you still gave Mac Jones a little bit of time, right? And then you mm-hmm. can bring him in later if you need to. But, I mean, I don't know. Kim in his past has shown that he could be a baller. So take that chance, you know, because last year, yes, there was a lot of excuses, but – a lot, a lot of those excuses were legitimate excuses, you know, mm-hmm. true reasons of why he was not succeeding as well as, as what you was hoping for. Um, but I think, I don't think there's really a, I think the quarterback controversy in, in New England is more a fan-based situation than an internal situation. You know what I mean? So I, I really do believe that, that the Patriots organization itself really want cam to succeed this year yeah i mean now i I think it's more of a hoping cam succeeds or gets him to where they need to go and then matt can be that guy for the future yeah now i so here's i i said it last um i i said it last last the last podcast we had the last week the and it's probably one of the best things i've heard out of the boston media in like a long time because i don't usually go with you know what what they kind of say, but they, they said the, they said the, it's easier to go from Cam Newton to Mac Jones than it would be to go from Mac to Cam, because you, if you start the kid and you root and he's not doing well, cause they, the Patriots do not have a, an easy schedule this year. It's not that, that heart of the schedule, that week six to, you know, week five to week twelve is is not it's not easy. And if he if he loses four you know four games in a row and looks bad, and they go back to and it forces them to go back to Newton, and then you know like th- that flip flops never never good. That no, you have to time that transition perfect. Well, yeah, and on top of that, you know, if, if you start Mac and he doesn't do well, and you have to bring Cam in what does that do to his personal self, you know, up here in, you know, in, in the clock, you know the what I'm saying? Confidence. Yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. And 
if if you bring him in because Cam's not doing well, then there's no expectation for Mac, right? There's no expectation. It's like, you know what? All you got to do is go out there and play and get experience. You know, it's because we're already sitting in a bad situation because we've lost some. Obviously, they would have had to have lost some in order a for, lot to, yeah, yeah. To, to bring him in. But on the flip side, like you said, you know, uh, they bring him in and they start out losing. What if he's, they start out losing, bring Cam in, and then they start winning? And then – Max in a bad situation upstairs, right? You know, up up in here, wondering right. what in the world uh, am I am I good enough? You know, and that's something you don't want to have in in any rookie player, especially a quarterback. There's two yep. words I would just I would use to describe Mac Jones is swagger and poise, and you don't mm-hmm. want to mess with those things, mm-hmm. right? Early on, exactly. I agree with you. You got to use Mac early, or you got to use Cam early on. Save Mac. So, now, Lawrence, well, what do you have? You got to see any of Justin Fields or no? I've seen a few things. I mean, I, I, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen what he said. And then, you know, I've seen a few plays and I've seen obviously what the starting quarterback said about, you know, him. Um, I didn't get to see the entire game because I, I'll be honest. I just been incredibly busy and hadn't had a chance to watch it. So yeah. You know, but I, I've seen some highlights. But do you do you think Sorry. the building blocks and potential are there for him to do well? Well, yeah. I mean, I think I I honestly yeah. believe that he's in a better situation to succeed in Chicago than let's face it, a pocket quarterback because uh, Chicago's offensive line at times are not very good at pass protection there there's a reason why mitch trubisky was having issues and it wasn't all on mitch trubisky okay uh, there was a lot yeah. of times yeah i think we're better than we have been and that is what i was looking at the other day it was like that's the only thing i'm like worried about like uh like i was saying my the defense in the bears I'm not really worried we'll see where they're at in like week four or five if they're good or bad um, but the offensive line, that's what I'm worried about. Cause you gotta be like, that's a unit you gotta get going early on in preseason. So you're right. Like they, and they have been And Trubisky. The thing about Trubisky, the reason why Trubisky wasn't our quarterback, why he wasn't right for us was, um, wasn't all his fault. He was a pretty, he's like a B minus quarterback. But the thing with Matt Nagy is Matt Nagy wants someone with skyrocketing potential. Like he coached Patrick Mahomes and he loved coaching Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so he doesn't want someone with limited potential with a ceiling that you can, you know, hit your head on. So, but I, but I agree. You're right. That it's not all on Mitch. It's not the reason why we didn't win half the time. It was Cody Parkey's fault. That's, what it really was. That's who it really I'm just kidding. Um, I think, I think, uh, I think for him, for the rookie quarterback to succeed in Chicago, they really have to establish a solid ground and pound uh, game yes. in order for him to succeed. Uh, they can get that going, which you know falls right into uh, uh, what you were saying, JD. They they need to have their offensive line step up early, absolutely early, in order for for him to work out with Chicago. Now, um, I don't know. I haven't been watching uh, closely the reports out there. Um, have they named a starter yet out there? 
Oh, for Chicago? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's Andy Dalton. It is yeah, Andy, Dalton. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Okay. Yes, okay. they have they have definitively said Dalton will start. And Nagy has openly talked about the Patrick Mahomes comparison. He said, I want to use Andy Dalton like we used Alex Smith and kind of ease him into it. And honestly, Andy might be there all year. Some of these Bears fans might be raging by the end of the day. And I'm prepared for it. I'm like, oh yeah, we'll give him as give him as much time as he needs, the kid. You know, like let him let him get the whole playbook in there. You know, don't just like show flashes of greatness. No, I want to see everything. And if he's good by week eight, then put him in at week eight. But if he's not, then just wait a year and it's no big deal. Then the next year he comes in and he's Patrick Mahomes and I'll take it, man. I'll take it. 50 <laughs> touchdowns, you know? No, hey, we'll it's a huge part of it too. You don't, you never really want to throw Patient. a rookie out there without knowing like most, if not all, like, or is confident with most of the playbook. He might not know all of it, but he's confident confident with you know it's yeah it's such a huge part of it where you you don't want to leave a guy hanging out to dry because it can ruin him it can and will ruin ruin him a problem with with the red rifle that that bears fans see is the last few years he has not had an offensive line at all None. none zero i mean last year uh in dallas like what 80 percent of that offensive line was hurt yeah you know? and it was like all year yeah, everyone was Everyone's injured. And so. then and then we all seen uh what he left, you know, in his wake over in Cincinnati as Joe Burrow, you know, had surgery on his knee. So, you know, that's yeah. the kind of offensive line that the Red Rifle had over there. So even though I said, you know, Chicago's offensive line is questionable at times, it's better than the both situations that he had in in, in, in both those previous teams. And yeah. he's got weapons. Allen is a stud. Okay, yeah. he is so much better than what he had uh, in his last year over there. You know, in in Cincinnati because Zeke hurt. Oh, sorry. No, okay. no, no, you're good. Now, yes, Dallas has good weapons, right? But Zeke's not necessarily. I think Zeke is. A little bit starting to go ever since he's gotten his money, ever since he got totally this, happens. it just <laughs> right. I mean, that's yeah. what it looks like to me. It's like he it happens he, a lot. It, it's all <laughs> about him, 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 and not the team. And that worries me a little bit about picking him for anything like fantasy, you know. Um, but he had it down year last year, too. Yeah, he had a, it, he had that's a what I'm saying, like year. a really bad down year. Um, now he had some weapons, obviously like Cooper and all of them, uh, mm-hmm. CD, you know. Uh, but if you ain't got time to throw in the pocket, and you're a pocket quarterback, <laughs> that's not a good situation to be in, right? It's not. Um, no. So, it's <laughs> like, like I said, in Chicago, that offensive line for either quarterback is going to be important, whether or not you're going to put your rookie in. And he's going to have to, you know, you're going to have to worry about that ground and pound to let his legs do a lot of the work as well uh, when it when you're doing RPOs and such. Any or, good running game helps out quarterbacks. Any, exactly. good, any good running game. Exactly. And and then on top of that, you need that pass protection for a pocket quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, like Dalton. Because Dalton, three, let, let, let's not pretend. Yeah, Dalton three years ago was was a pretty darn good quarterback. You know, he just that offensive line went to crap in Cincinnati and he looked horrible. Then it went to, you know, goes to Chicago, uh, to Dallas. And I expected him to play well, but then that offensive line went to crap. 
you know, and started getting hurt all the time. He had no time to throw the football. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, Chicago has, has got a lot of things worked out. I know they've been working. It's not their fault. It's not like Chicago hasn't been trying to fix their offensive line. I've noticed yeah. the moves. I've noticed the draft yeah, picks. It's just some of them just hasn't been working out to what they were hoping for. Well, Kyle Long, I mean, God. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. The that last like the last like three seasons, they've realistically been trying to like do something about that old line mm-hmm. to to help, and it's just, I what was that their thir- their second or third round second and third round I think they picked O line, and both of them fell flat on their face. I think either last year or two years ago. Cody Whitehair is the only one who's been like solid uh, out of that that because we drafted a lot from like 2017, 2018, 2019. He was the only one who was solid, and he's like the shortest one, the smallest one. It's the funny thing. It's like he was the littlest guy, and he's the only one who like worked out. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe not the only one. I think there was one more. I'm forgetting, though. I'll have to look at it again. Well, when you get, when you get an offensive lineman who's a, who's a little smaller or has shorter arms, right, yeah. uh, they, they seem Fast. to work harder. You know, they, 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 they know, you know, that yeah. there's a lot of people out there that are down on them because, you know, just yeah. their physical ability. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and shippy. they seem to work really, really hard. You see that every day. Now, Lawrence, we wanted to, I, JD brought this to me the, uh, what yesterday, I think it was. So I was watching, uh, I, I think, I think I was know where you're going to go. So I was watching the Colts and I noticed that I thought the eye test I didn't actually know what the stats were, so I, I didn't even look at that. The eye test told me that Sam Ellinger looked a little bit better than Jacob Eason. What did you? What did it tell you? What so did this you is see? what I wanted to get. You're you. a fan, so I want to know. Okay, in all honesty, the first drive for Jacob Eason was not good because the offensive line was not. I mean, that offense. Yeah, that's yeah. No, the they Colts, got the Colts that, that did first, not start first drive. They got torched. It, they got torched bad. Okay, and Eason is not necessarily a mobile quarterback. I mean, he can move, but he's not known for that. He's he's he prefers to stand tall in the pocket and throw it, you know, downfield. And he got sacked three times, like really quick. Bam, bam, bam. You know, and two, on of, those, up, two of those that they could have taken a snap from him, right? Um, the the last one, you know, he got stripped. You know, lost the fumble, and that that kind of that made him look bad. But after that first drive, he really stepped it up and started playing. And you can see the arm talent that Easton has. It is mm-hmm. he has got one of the best natural arms in uh, that I've seen. You know, the the question is, can he throw on the run? Can he? feel pressure around him and move around in the pocket to avoid it. That's a problem that, that, you know, a lot of us Colts fans are a little worried about Jacob Eason. Uh, but again, we, we also forget Eason only played two years of college and both of them were at two different teams, right? Interesting. Yeah. He, he played, that. he played one year at Georgia and then huh. uh, he got benched uh, for another quarterback and then he left Georgia and went to Washington. So he only played two years of college. And then last year, he didn't get any snaps in any practice because oh yeah, because of yeah. he had Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett in front of him. Yeah. yeah. You know, so he had nothing. Bottom of the deck. His, his yeah, his only real snaps that he's ever had in the in the NFL and even practice has been at the beginning of this training camp. So he's literally been basically a junior college player 
and experience-wise, taking NFL snaps. So, you know, he's slowly progressing and getting better and better. Now, you wanted to know about Ellinger. You know, yeah. Sam Ellinger, the Longhorn. I like how he how he rolls out and how he like he he uses his feet to to extend the throw like versus running around like and getting hit. He kind of like yeah, he reminds me of Drew Brees in that way. But I won't say he's anything like Drew Brees. I'm just saying he just kind of rolls like the, him. the style, the, okay. the rolling, the, the yeah. style of play. The style of play is very similar to a Drew Brees. Yes, I, I will. I will agree. And his arm strength is about that same length. I mean, I, I don't even. I think oh, Brees has a stronger a arm. for an arm. Ellen, oh, like, Ellinger, Ellinger's arm strength isn't that good. If you watch, he cannot throw a rope. He throws arcs. Go watch him. All of his throws are oh, arcs. You said, yeah. Yes, all of them. And, so you're uh, saying if he needed to make a bullet throw over the middle, it would be tough for him. It would. It's very, really? very tough okay. for him. Yes, that's that's the biggest two big downfalls on Ellinger. I love his mobility. I love his pocket presence. I like that he seems to be able to break down a defense real well. Right. Mm-hmm. I like those things, and those things alone can get him a long career in the NFL. Even if it's just a backup, it's still going to be a long career in the NFL. The two things that I, I, I worry about is his arm strength, which I've already discussed, and his height. Because he's 6'1", and you know we talk about how he moves around in the pocket. A lot of times he's moving around in the pocket when there's no pressure, and I think it's because he's only 6'1", and he's he standing see. behind. He can't see around these 6'6 guys' shoulders, right? So he's got to move around to see – the whole field and that has shown up in practice at times as well. So now I'm not saying that that's, that's a detriment to him. There have been plenty of great hall of fame, you know, quarterbacks that have been, you know, six, one or six foot, or even today. I mean, you've got guys like Kyler Murray and, and, and Russell Wilson and guys like that, but I mean, they have cannons to, to help them as well. They are, yeah, they have the they have the arm strength behind him mm-hmm. too. So I do like Sam Ellinger, and he will start today against the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Willie, really? I didn't know that. That's not that that's not oh, an indictment. Nothing. Yeah, that's not an indictment on Eason. This was oh, okay. planned out from the get go. Uh, Frank Reich said that because oh. Wentz was out and the, he he wanted a good competition, he was going to start Eason week like one that. and then Smart. Ellinger week two. You know, Seems and like give them both done. about a half of play. I'm watching yeah. it now, and in Ellinger, one thing that now that you mentioned it, he does have this one kind of weakness where he has this wind up, mm-hmm. where it's like you want him to more be like you know Aaron Rodgers is more like a like and you and he's this is like more a, of a shot put almost yeah yeah, yeah I was not. just gonna say like if you if accurate, you though. throw the ball deep, it's almost like a, a two step like like a step mm-hmm. up he's almost got to get like a wind up and throw it. Yeah, you, you need, you're gonna worry about getting the ball smacked down, like yeah. by tall, big, seven foot or six foot eight defenders or whatever. Yeah, you know, it, big you guys. you like like that throw to uh, Tariq Black or um, the one that the go down the lines, side, the go down the sideline, right? Yeah, you'll notice he put everything he exactly. had into those balls, into those throws. He put everything he had, but you just see by the way it was like. Oh, yeah. like that you know and it's an and, effort to throw them yeah exactly it was an effort to throw it 40 45 yards you know that is something that's a problem yeah that, oh that no that's definitely that's definitely a problem because a lot of those i mean 
like the cover two defense, where, where's the hole in the cover two defense behind the linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. Can Ellinger get those footballs over those linebackers and into that into that weak spot in that cover two, which a lot of teams run, a lot of NFL teams run a base cover two. And it's, it's can you, can he, does he have the arm strength to get it into that, you know, to squeeze it into that tight window? You don't see a lot of Ellinger between the hash marks. Throws. No. You don't. You'll see them out on the sideline. You'll see them in the flat. He does a lot of checkdowns. I mean, he gets through his progress progressions, but in practice, I'd say at least half of his throws are to his checkdowns or running backs and tight ends. Another thing to consider with that too is, is um, um, what is he going to be afraid to make some of those throws? Like, is he going to? Is he going to shy away from making some of those throws and check it? You know, he could have an open guy in a cover two and know that he's open and still check it down to the running back out of out of fear of not being able to make that throw. I don't know because Philip Rivers never had an arm arm strength either, and he was never afraid to throw it down the middle because he had accuracy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, he, yeah, exactly. But it's about being able to lead your receiver and anticipation, knowing that guy's going to be at that spot, in that hole, in that cover two, before he ever gets there and then deliver the ball, right? That is something that Ellinger's going to need to show that he has that anticipation. If he can show he has anticipation to go with the accuracy and, and, and understanding breaking down a defense before the ball's hiked, then, like I said, he could have a really good career in the NFL. Yeah, no, there's, there's no, there's no. If if he continues the progression and can mm-hmm. and just just is able to, he doesn't have, like all you have to do is just be like all he needs to do is just be able to play at game speed. As long he doesn't need to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. As long as that is there, just just a, as long as he can adjust to the game speed, he'll be okay. What's funny is um, before preseason started and Wentz got hurt, the big narrative in national media, local media, everywhere was the Colts needed to go out and get a veteran quarterback like Nick Foles or Trubisky or, you know. I hear that. Yeah, or, or, or um, uh, Minshew, Gardner, Minshew. You heard all this. And then <laughs> all of a sudden – once you started hearing these things, Eason and Ellinger started bawling out. Yeah. Not just not just in practice, but you know, during games, you know. Like I said, the the, the starting off, Eason, yeah, had those three sacks. Two of those three sacks weren't his fault. One of them was he held the ball a little over three seconds, you know, and got hit. But uh one of them was a rollout. And as soon as he got his head turned around, it was the perfect call, perfect defensive call at the time. And it was a an edge blitz, safety blitz, hit him right in the face as he turned his head around. Nothing he could do about that. Um, but that's like that blindside. That's that blindside hit that Newton took last last week. Like when if they can't see it coming, they they can't adjust for it. They can't brace for impact. Those I, that that hit last week, Lawrence. I swear, I I was like. <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 when, when QBs get hit like that, when QBs get hit like that, it's like, I, I thought we were going to lose him for a month because just because he got like, because he got crazy, like they got crushed. Well, when it comes to Cam Newton, 
he's not a little dude. Yeah, no, he's a big guy. <laughs> he's, 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 he's not only taken a few hits, he's delivered some hits in his career. You know what I mean? Uh, so I tackle him. It worries – yeah, exactly. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley. Well, maybe because really, I mean, he seems like a nice guy in real life. You know he, what I mean? No, he's he, is, he, is, he is a good dude. I'm sure he's but a yeah, good he's guy. Nice guy. He seems like it. Yeah. On, yeah. yeah. on like his uh, YouTube channel, he, he seems like he, he genuinely loves football, like to his like soul, his gut. And it just crushes him that he like can't do certain things in the pocket that he wants to do. And hopefully, maybe this year he can. Hey, I'm not. I'm not. That like you know. I said, that's the most comfortable I've seen Newton look in a pocket since he got here. That yeah. last game was the most comfortable I've seen him look inside a pocket throwing a football. Now I know that there's a bunch. Now we're, since we're on the the back to the New England topic, I know there are a bunch of Max stands out there. And they're out there saying that Cam is the max stands. It's what they are, right? And they're out there, you know, basically wishing Cam to do horrible so that Matt can go in. And how can you do that? How can you wish bad for your team? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a Matt stand. But, but here's I based a lot of my stuff just on. What I saw, like I based a lot of how I feel towards Newton on what I saw, and mm-hmm. and I'm don't get me wrong, I, I'm what I saw last year, but I'm not afraid to give Cram Cam credit where credits due. That last game that he had, that was the best game he's had since he got here. Since he got here, that was the best he's looked in a long since 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 they signed him. I just I, I tend to stick to just what the the eyeball test, the facts, and, and just like until that game. He didn't look good. He he it, it he looked uncomfortable throwing the football when the Patriots asked him to consecutively throw a football for like like let's say he had to throw six or seven six seven times in a row. He does it. He looks t- he looked tense. He looked tight. The 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 the, the reads just you know it, it's it just it just seems like a labor for him to do that. Now I don't. And me, we talked about this on the last podcast. There are some things that you can blame him for, and some things that you just can't because yeah. he's he's been a two read and go guy his whole career. He's been a two read and go because that's what those athletic quarterbacks rely on is that ungodly athletic ability where they if they 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 drop back one thousand one one thousand two and then maybe a half second and they go. You know mm-hmm. they're just going to take their legs and use what the athletic ability they have. Now those guys are usually 55 to 58% guys. You know what I mean? As you get older though, that speed goes away. Mm -hmm. So what are you left with? A 55% accuracy thrower that makes two reads in a pocket and then gets, and then kind of just loses composure. And they're trying to teach, they're trying to teach cam Mm -hmm. that they're trying to teach him how to go from that second, to third to you know that's that's the toughest part is trying to get that guy to to stay still and stay in the pocket and and make that third and fourth read and it's not impossible because mike vick did it right no it's uh, not and and um uh i'm about to show my age but uh randall cunningham when he started getting mm-hmm. older and you know in his career and moved to minnesota he did it there he you know the same thing he exactly couldn't run anymore he had to throw. exactly he was know? always he's always a pretty darn good 
thrower, but yes. but I know what you mean. Mike Vick's a, good, a really good uh, example. One thing that you said uh, earlier, or no, we both said actually, we both agreed, uh, Bobby. Before I think we were talking about it earlier about Mac Jones, is that um, there are certain throws that he made last night. I think it was no two nights ago that you that we both don't think that Cam could make on a regular basis, and that Mac's still learning, and that's something that like that like we liked about Mac, but. I think that Cam is like I would stick with him for a while. For a little there was time. there was a few throws in that first preseason game that I was watching from Mac that the receivers bailed him out. That no, he did yeah, not they were have bad. Good, there, they, there were a few that were that were that were way behind him and they and, and were way fired, low and yeah, behind and they did Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there. So it's not like Mac is is you know some kind of perfect pocket thrower no. yet. Oh no, know? no. There's there's still so, there's still improvements there to be made for sure. But I do think that there's you know he's got perfect. It's not college no more. These this is yeah. a professional level with professional Faster. level coaching and everything. I think he'll I think he'll be fine. I just think he needs a little bit of time. I'm yeah. just I'm just more worried about you know. It, yes, I get that you want Mac long term. You want to see Mac. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily saying you there, buddy. I'm saying in general, a lot of, a lot yeah, of people like Patriots that. Patriots fans. Where, yeah, Patriots fans. That's the long-term plan. That is the, yeah. end, the end game is to transition from Cam to Mac and just yeah. do it as smoothly as possible. And, and, and I would not want to wish ill on a player on my team to do bad. Mm-hmm. I would want them to succeed no matter what. You know, even if I want this specific guy to succeed – I would want someone else to succeed as well, especially if they are the named starter. You know what I mean? Hey, so. a Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. I don't give a I, I don't give a crap <laughs> who we win it with. I'll, I, I trust Cam at game speed. Hey, hardware is hardware, man. Who cares who brings it? Who brings exactly. it to you? Just take it and enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, oh yeah. Anything. I mean, if Cam can, if Cam comes out and just balls out, then and if people are still rooting against him, then that's just you're not really a Pats fan at that point. Um, but I, I think that that that, that um, I trust Cam at regular season and playoff game speed right now more than Mac. That's like indisputable. But maybe Belichick sees something different. But that's just a guy. That's that comes from a guy who's been in the league for ten years. Yeah. It's a, it's the experience. Cam Cam's been there and done that. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's seen everything. So, and I think that, uh, I think you're right. Also, like I said, I noticed that Cam still moves North and South very, very well. Yeah. But his lateral movement has diminished greatly. Right. So, you know, that's that's agility. You know what I mean? That's that's agility and quickness. And that's just, that's just age. I think that's just Mm -hmm. the age. And it's, we, we, we talked the about the progression of the career. It's, it's just, that's, it's just, he's just getting older and the, the, the agility, you know, like guys have to adapt. If you look, look at Brady Rogers, Manning, Breeze, both man, both Mannings, they were never the most athletic guys, right? They, they, they could move in the pocket a little bit when they were younger, but as you get older as a quarterback, to me, the 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 mind, the mind, and the and the the football IQ become the, who's the best weapon in the arsenal. In the arsenal, you, you know they they can walk to a de- they can walk up to a defense and just and they can read it. They can look up and read, and they can identify. There was one, two plays where 
really impressed me with Newton where he walked to the line of scrimmage, identified the blitz and linebacker, changed the play, and put J.J. Taylor in a spot to pick him up and, mm-hmm. and, and handle it. And I, that last year, Cam would have never been able to do that. Never. Never. This year, it was done. He did it twice perfectly. So, I mean, that that's a progression there too. So it's not like, like you said, it's not like it can't be done. It just needs to be drilled in, drilled into him and, and how to, how to do it. I think, I think he was able to do it before he came to new England. It's just the playbook and everything is a little bit different. He didn't understand, you know, what, what the audibles were and stuff like he even said, if I remember in a presser uh, where he said, you know, there were times when I walked out there and had no idea what the play was. You know, and that I had to pretty much just uh, kind of wing it. You know, and yeah. that you said that, that comes week eight. Remember his yeah. comments? I still don't know the I still don't know the playbook or week <laughs> exactly. eight or week nine or something. He still did, he yeah he still didn't know the playbook because it's the playbook was so different than what he was used to sitting over there in Carolina because you know a, a lot of his playbooks was all about the RPOs and how many RPOs did Tom Brady run? You know, <laughs> exactly. Right. So it, it's all sitting in the pocket doing your reads. Uh, you, you do a lot of play action, you know, things of that nature. There, there's not a whole bunch of naked rollouts, you know, for Tom Brady. Uh, <laughs> um, but now he's he's had his offseason to sit there with that playbook and, yeah. and mm-hmm. know and read. And because he didn't have that last year. There was no nope. offseason last year. You know, and that's a big excuse. That is a reason more than an excuse, right? No, but you're you're like, hopefully the, he's got it this year, Mark. It just, <laughs> it just shocked me the 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 because I watched that preseason game one with Cam, and I was just like, here we go again, man. Here we go again, the same crap. This is what it's going to be. And then you saw. I mean, now. It was improvements. Like, even though it was against what I think is going to be a really bad Eagles team, like really bad. I think that Eagles team is in trouble. I think they're going to win five or six or maybe seven games at the at the most. But still, it's like. Wait, are you saying it wasn't all Carson Wentz's fault? <laughs> <laughs> no. No way. I just think that that Eagle team is, is going to be bad. I think they're going to be bad. There's There's – even the starters. I mean, the Pats' defensive line absolutely ate that starting starting offensive line alive. Ate them alive. I think they're they're yeah. I think that team's in trouble. I think that team's in big trouble. Yeah, and I think Carson Wentz was a big reason why they were why they were as good as they were. And then you take him out of there, and it's like, oh, we're gonna try and do Nick Foles again or whoever whoever it is. I think they're in trouble. I think they're they're in big trouble. Yeah, uh, it's it's a little worrisome because their head coach is in a bad spot. They just hired him. He was the Colts' offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. They they hired him straight out, and he's a great coach, and he's a guy who who will make a player. You know, they, you know, if you do something not right, you're going to own up to it, right? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and and accountability, the, yeah. And the Eagles never had that before, mm-hmm. you know. With Peterson and all them, they they didn't have accountability. If you did well, you got great stuff. If someone did bad, blame was thrown all over the place, right? Hmm. And 
I was noticing that a lot, and it was it was with Pant. Peterson they, they never would took specific. responsibility for anything either. Anything. Yeah, it was nothing. never his fault. It was never. It was always somebody else's. Yeah, Sixers have accountability problems too. It seems yeah. to be a theme in Philadelphia. And now, <laughs> and, and, and then they let go of Wentz and, and and trade Wentz off, and they're like, "Oh, Hertz is our guy. Hertz is our guy." And now you're now you hear, you know, well, well we're not going to name Hertz right away, and then you right. hear all these rumors about the Eagles are all in on a trade for Watson. You know, and I don't know if you've heard those, but they're they're uh from what I've been hearing, they're just waiting to see this outcome of what the Watson thing what yeah. happened with that. Who and then they're going they're gonna be the Eagles are one of the one of the three teams that are gonna be all in on him. And I mean, honestly, I mean if Watson walks out of this and is able to play, I would be too, because I mean NFL oh, wise, skill wise. Skill wise, what yeah. Watson is a top three quarterback in the NFL. You know, if he walks out of this with his name clear, it's gonna be a bidding war for mm-hmm. him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and like the Bears, I remember a lot of people wanted us to to like trade all our picks and everything for him, but like looking back, it's like, hey, I mean, we might have the next to Sean Watson, so we're pretty happy about it. Can I ask uh, a couple questions uh to you guys? Um because I just want your opinions. I, I haven't, I didn't watch the last preseason game with the, that, that you guys have talked a lot about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of guys that I've done film rooms on that. I really, really like that. The Patriots picked up. Um, now there's no question in my mind. I, I, I said, John Smith was the best free agency pickup in my opinion. Uh, that, when that, it catch from, that catch from him in that preseason, the first preseason game was awesome. Yeah, but the the rookies, I got some rookies that I, I have a question about. I thought I really, really liked Ramondre Stevenson. I thought that he uh, the the look from him, I saw a, a like a young Frank Gore, Garrett Blunt or Frank Gore two point Yeah, yeah, that's what I saw. Have you seen anything from him this preseason? Has he been playing? He scored four touchdowns in two games. So, wow. You know, yeah. <laughs> and he had the first preseason game, they, the first preseason game, they pitched it to him and it was supposed to be a routine end around. And he ran and, and he ran 88 yards for a touchdown. Is Harris's job in trouble? No, I think they're going to platoon them two back and forth. I think they, because I think Harris has more stamina than Stevenson just because Stevenson's 240. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. He's two forty, two hundred thirty-eight pounds. Then what's going? What's going to happen? Then what's going to happen with uh, Sony? We right now we have five running backs in the running back room, <laughs> and they're all going to play because it's the five. Patriots. And it it wouldn't surprise me if they rolled with five. Run- it really wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if some like bubble bubble receiver got cut over over guys like because well. Well, Brandon Bolden is a special teams like guru. You know, like he's 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 a pro bowler on special teams. Like mm-hmm. he so and that's a lot of that stuff Bill puts a, a huge value to. So got and I mean JJ Taylor had the most yards. He had 93 yards. Yes, in in against the Eagles. The most out of anybody in that running back room. Um it wouldn't surprise me if they rolled with five. Or, or I think the odd man out is going to be Sony Michelle, simply because JJ Taylor's got the youth and he's healthy. 
Sony has knee. Has, he had knee issues last year. He's he's uh, just the reliability factor could put him on the outside looking in. And uh, JJ Taylor can also catch punts. That way, they don't have to sacrifice a receiver or somebody from, from another position and put them in harm's way catching punts. Taylor can do that. Uh, Stevenson also feel, uh, plays on the kickoff. He also kept, you know, these guys with versatility, I think are going to win out. Um, the young guys with versatility, I think could, could beat out some of these guys that are second and third year guys that are on the bubble. Like I, I, um, I want JJ Taylor on the team. I think the kid's explosive. I think he can give James White a breather when he needs to. I think he they can platoon him and James White in on passing downs. And he's I call him Mighty Mouse. I love him. I, I want him on the team bad. I, and uh Mighty they Mouse. they just it's I love when people call running backs Mighty Mouse. What, what's up? <laughs> I, I said I love when people call running backs Mighty Mouse. It's hilarious because it's because they're small. <laughs> well, I the the other the other rookie that I had a question about and I did a film room on I did a film room on just about every rookie for the Patriots because you know Ray what did was you, like what did you think about the defensive ones that coming into the draft I thought Christian Barmore was a huge ad a huge ad I didn't ceiling, know how he's going to play for him Lawrence I think is like a a, a Will Fork two point if he continues if he I think he's him. I think he's got more mobility than Will Fork. You know, I, I just think he can play that role. That guy that's yeah. going to suck up blockers. That's going to always demand a double team because the the kid's a force. He's yeah, but a force. I think I think he has more potential. Um, in okay, so Will Fork is a block eater. That's what he was, and he was like one of the best in the NFL. Period. At it ever, right? I think Barmore can do that. But I also think that he has the ability to to, to get penetration and create uh, problems in the backfield as well. At least that's what I was seeing on yeah. film. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, it happened with Will Fork occasionally, but you know, I think Barmore has more potential at that aspect than what Will Fork had. Whereas yeah. you know, Will Fork was more of a you could put your whole offensive line on me. I'm going to hold my ground. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. So well, that's what he did because he freed pounds. up. He he freed up the linebackers to do what they did mm -hmm. because he demanded two and three guys. Like you needed to block him with two or three guys because he wasn't moving. See, I, I I thought Barmore was more of a more of a four three, like, like a Richard Seymour type guy. Yeah, more yeah more of a, yeah exactly more of a, a four three one tech than a zero nose is what I was looking at Barmore, but oh, similar we'll, to we'll like see. a Freeney. Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney was a D end. Dwight Freeney was a, a seven and a nine tech. So, uh, no more more of a guy who sets off the edge of the the center rather than directly over the center. All right, all right. So just not yeah, not like your not like your atypical nose tackle that just sits exactly. there and doesn't move. Mm -hmm. But Barmore, I like I like Barmore. I think you could actually, uh, if given the right situation could probably be used in stunts because I really do yeah. like his lateral mobility and yeah. that's rare for a tackle in, in the, in the NFL. So what, a, what, a, um, how about Perkins and, uh, Perkins and well, Uche is not exactly a, like he was last year, but, but yeah, that, that, the, the last two years, I think the defensive ones have been good. What do you, what do you think, Lawrence? What, 
I think, okay, so I like where they went defensively. They went heavy defense um, out, out, outside of Ramondre and, and uh, Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like the fact that they did that because their front seven needed help a lot. They needed yeah. a lot of help in the front seven because they were getting eaten alive uh, up front, especially last year. Oh, they were getting run all over last year. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I, I like where the picks were. I like, for the most part, I like, I thought Stevenson and Barmore and Mac were like, to me, when when the pick came up, that's who I had them selecting, right? Yeah. So I had three selections, bam, 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 and the other guys not so much, but they they fit, and I like where they fit. I'm glad that uh, they didn't go heavy in in wide receiver because you had a lot of Patriots fans going. We still don't have a number one, and I'm like, oh, I think you do. I think he just has to grow into it. Yeah, and um, and it's not Nelson, I promise you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I think I think the Patriots are going to be a well-rounded team. <clears throat> it's just you got to get you got to make sure that the quarterback situation is right. Yeah, you know that's that's a big deal, and I think that. Uh, well, right now, I mean, your your tight end situation is is. Are you going to get some of these guys back soon? The, according to reports, they should all be good to go by week one. They should okay. all be good to go. Okay, it's minor minor stuff, minor little stuff that they're they're kind of like the, with the Colts injuries. All of them are you know week they're one, just minor and they, something like that. They're not willing to push it in the preseason. That's that's what it is. It's like let let's just let's just just let them heal and we'll go in week one and re- and yeah, like they're not going to push it. They're not going to push their luck. It's the preseason. They don't, they don't absolutely need them to play. They'll, they'll be Smith and, and Hunter Henry will be all right for week one. They'll be good to go. Yeah. I don't know about see when they grabbed Hunter Henry and paid him the amount of money. I, I get that there was a love affair there, but I thought Johnny Smith was the man, you know, I, I, I thought Johnny Smith right there. That was a, a perfect grab. Um, but no, uh, I, I see where he says in the chat, you know, I'm lying to your face. Yeah, I'm not. I think Jacoby Myers is the number one. No, I think he is. I think he I will really be. do. He will be. He, I did a film room on Jacoby and, Myers. Try and get him to fill that Julian Edelman role this year. They're going to try and get him to fill, to fill Edelman's role. Myers didn't get any targets last year because, uh, early in the season, because Cam Newton didn't even know who he was. You know, he yeah. had Edelman to throw to, and he's throwing to Edelman the entire front 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 of the season. Edelman goes down with injury. All of a sudden, he's looking around the field looking for the guy who, who's, who's open. Myers was always getting open, always making yeah. plays in the second half of the season. And, you know, <clears throat> if you don't believe me, go check out my film room. You know, I mean, it is. It is what it is. And I, I think that uh, he's – I think I said it before the preseason started. I said it right at the end of last year. I think Myers is going to take that number one receiving spot for for the Patriots this year. No doubt. It'll. I think Myers will be one. I think Aguilar will be two. Um, Myers will be one. Aguilar will be two. Born and then born in. Um, I'm losing the name, but they'll fight. They'll fight for a third spot. But I think Cam's go-to targets are going to be Henry and Jonu. 
I think they're going to be. I think we're going to see something really similar to what Baltimore does with the heavy, the two tight end set, heavy run. You know. Well, he likes Greg Olson, so if you can get that, that that's what I, I think. Yeah, I think Cam's favorite targets this year are going to be the two tight ends. I think Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry are set to have big years. As long as he can get that, as you you talking JD is footwork. He had issues with with uh, uh, quick passes Cam? right off the snap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, yeah, and he and you know he's it, had like so many foot problems. He's had like mm-hmm. he's had like yeah a plantar problem, an ankle problem. He has all these problems. So. And his feet, and that's like for a quarterback, it's a nightmare. Let me run a scenario. What if they platoon both? What if both guys are good enough to play? And then they're not going to win that many games. What if they platoon them both back? And what if they we see both quarterbacks? You know, like Mac and Cam. Cam Newton plays first, second down. I don't know. And you know it's coming. Then it works. You know, there's a there's a saying in the NFL. I know if, he's you, say. if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Have no no quarterback. Quarter, yeah, I've yeah. heard it. Yeah, that's what they <laughs> used to say about the Saints last year. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. If you don't have, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. It's <laughs> that's a fact. It's so true. What else is on the? Let's see the agenda. I I appreciate you stopping in though, Lawrence. Appreciate. Hey, you. not a problem, oh, man. No, I'm just glad I woke up in time. <laughs> I'm a I, I'm a guy who's up really late, and I generally don't get up too early. Uh, most of my shows I record, you know, anywhere between 2 p.m. Eastern and and later. And uh, when you hit me up, it's like I'm gonna start this up around 10 a.m. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only time the only time I ever get up before uh before 10 generally is when I'm heading out to training camp. You know, because that's <laughs> that's, that's reporting. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. See, nine or ten a.m. is sleeping in for me because I get up <laughs> at four in the morning. So it's like that's that's oh. six extra hours of sleep for me. My body's like, yeah. I was I, I I've worked before I started doing this full time. I was a third shifter for fifteen years. So oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, daytime daytime sleeping is like. Nice. So anyway, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's great to have such a thorough perspective. We were talking about the Colts and then he, and like, I'm glad he brought you in. And I love it if you came, cause you're on the I 90 with that, that. That's right along the road, on man. The corner too. Yeah. So you're right on here. This is the I 90 podcast. And I cover the Colts, but man, I cover the entire about? NFL. I'm a football fan guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, no I, I, I watch I watch and keep track of everybody. So yeah, definitely. So how can they so you're at Colts Law on mm-hmm. Twitter, right? Uh Colts YouTube, underscore law. Yeah. Colts mm-hmm. underscore law. And then on YouTube, what's the it's Colts Law, right? It's uh um, I have it. It's up. Lawrence Owen. You can type yes, in Colts Lawrence Law Owen. and find it, but, but it's, it's Lawrence, Lawrence Owen. Owen. Right, so, yes. Yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence Owen. Owen I got my on but thanks for the for the uh for the time, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you sitting in with us. Hey, not a Everybody problem. Subscribe man. to Lawrence Owen. Get those notifications. I love having you guys having me on. You feel free to hit me up anytime you want uh, me to come on and, and give some opinions or whatnot. Absolutely, man. How we look that, forward to it. Um, the uh, awesome. but it's it's definitely going to be interesting watching the progression of of some of these guys and seeing if they can like because JD, you said it before. Quarterbacks don't uh quarterbacks. You know, they, it's, it's tough for they them. To make, not out. all, you know, not, 
not all the time do they pan out. You know, very that was my argument. People they, were saying that people were saying that Fields wasn't going to work out because Ohio State quarterbacks don't always work out. It's like, dude, quarterbacks don't work out in general. Like across the board, it doesn't matter where you went to school. Everyone's like, quarterbacks, quarterbacks are good. Like fail before suck. one hits. Yeah, exactly. Just remember Ryan Leaf. They were really thinking about taking Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning with that first pick. <laughs> okay. So, T, uh, what's his name? T, whatever the guy from uh, the guy after Peyton Manning at uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Exactly. T Martin. T Martin, mm-hmm. dude. He was so good in college. Everyone's like, oh, he's so much better than Peyton Manning. He's so much better. He gets the NFL. He sucks. It's like, right? It has, look at how high they look at so how much. high they picked. Look at how high they picked a guy like Blake Bortles. Yeah, Blake exactly. Blake Blake Bortles is another guy. Tons of talent, but he's the just guy from the Raiders figured out who decided like, to eat cheeseburgers out of the NFL. Oh god, eat himself Marcus. right out of the NFL. Yeah, he Jamarcus. was doing more than eating cheeseburgers. He's sipping <laughs> other stuff too. Yeah, I know. Sipping on stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it just it happens. You know, some some people just don't have the mentality to make it in the NFL. And some says Trubisky's yeah. a, a bust, but it's, I don't think Trubisky's a bust. Well, it's, I think it's a, it's a multitude of stuff. Like mm-hmm. you need the mentality. Right. And a, a lot of like, I mean, I've, I've played football for a long time. Like I played it for a long, long time. And it's like, you could like the jump from pop wanted to, to high school. Like that's, that's a talent jump. Then you take like the best of the best in high school and they go to college. And then that's from college. You don't understand there's like, like a lot jump. of people. Oh, I do know. Have, no, you have to put it into <laughs> perspective, right? There's 320 pound defensive linemen, nose tackles and, and D tackles, right. That run six second forties, right. Six second forties for a guy that weighs 320. The, the guy's, the game's faster. That's what I mean. It's just so much faster. That guy chasing you is just as fit. Like if you're one of those athletic quarterbacks, or if you're a quarterback in general, that guy chasing you is just as quick as you, if not faster. So it's like mm-hmm. it, it, that's it's such a massive talent jump every time you move up the the you know every time you make the stage bigger. It's Absolutely. a massive. Aaron Donald massive can talent certain talent jump receivers in a foot race. The NFL, people don't realize the NFL is the best of, even on the worst team in the league, the NFL is the best of the best for college players. That, that That's the best of the best. And it's not just college. It's it's national. I mean, you got guys coming from, uh, you know, Europe and stuff inter- coming yeah, in here. Yeah, international you know? markets too. It's it's those yeah. guys too, yeah. Africa. Yeah. Ottawa. So yeah. <laughs> um, Remember him. Uh, uh quitty pay yeah quitty yeah. pays from from africa so you know that's crazy mm-hmm. they're all over the world now it's a worldwide sport now no longer and they look any, like they look anywhere for it for the mm-hmm. talent you know it's 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 a world like you said it's a worldwide thing yeah they're not just focused on the u.s it's finding guys finding guys that can do it all over all over the world absolutely man so yeah it's 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 a it's a huge jump. I mean, I, I know I don't know what it's like the jump from college to the pros, but I I do know that jump from high school to college, and it's massive. And I can only imagine what it's like to go from college to pros. So, guys who make it there, they're just they're studs. Yeah. And <sighs> go ahead, man. I I remember playing 
like that jump from Pop Warner to high school, or never mind that, like the jump from high school to college. Like, you're st- like high school guys are like, I don't know, 280, 290, you know what I mean? You know, 280 at probably the most, a big D, t- big nose tackle, you know, it's sitting at like 280. And then you get to college and you look across and a dude's looking at you that's like 6'2", 6'3", and he's, you know, 3'10". Oh, yeah, the biggest thing with me with college is like you're like the star of your high school team. You've made mm-hmm. all state, right, at your position, you know, in high school. You go to college and you look across from you and you see this guy playing who's, you know, a sophomore or a junior and you're a, you know, you're a freshman walking in and you're just like, I might not make this team. Yeah. And you are the best of the best from where you came from. Exactly. You know, I, and that legitimately happens. I'm telling you, it happens. You know, it's like the top, I think it's like the top 5% of like high school players get to try for college. And then the top, like, 5% 5% of them get to try for the NFL and only like 1% of them even makes it for extended period of time. How many collegiate football players are there? 10,000? Thousands, right? yeah. Ten, probably thousands. Probably 10,000. That's how many lot harder, you're counting D2 and, and how all many them, yeah. they pick in the draft? How many get chosen to NFL teams? 300. Yeah. You know what I mean? 300 at the most. So 300 out of 10,000. Well, and then you got, you know, uh, some walk-ons that happen occasionally and then, you know, your UDFA stuff like that. Well, that's but, what I mean. Maybe five, yeah, maybe like yeah. four or 500 out of 10,000 get picked. Exactly. So right. it's like 1%, 1% of those guys are going to get chosen into the NFL. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not very many people. Yeah. I mean, you got only 52 people can make a roster. There's only 30 teams. That's the best people in the entire world. And that's it. And everybody yeah. else. Sorry. Good luck working at a, at a car lot. Yeah, probably. I mean, true. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, shoot, John Elway's making millions. <laughs> he's like selling <laughs> cars, man. <laughs> you ask him, he's been, I don't know how if he's made more money selling cars around the football field, honestly. But, uh, anyway, yeah, man, it's you've provided like some amazing uh insight here, and I can't wait to have you uh on the i 95. I'm gonna notify everybody, uh, subscribe to Lawrence Owen on YouTube, make sure to do that. That's that's really hey, important. Hey, hey, do not chew the microphone cord. No, don't bad idea. <laughs> that's not a good idea. What is bad that idea? He, Diesel's uh, got to make an appearance every i 90 episode. He does. Cat? Oh, you got a big cat too. Big boy, nice. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> he doesn't even care. He's just like, All right, I'm accepting this. This is happening. This is happening. <laughs> I have cats too, but they won't cooperate with me, I don't think. Oh my god, he's like falling asleep in your hands. That's hilarious. <laughs> he's just like life's too tiring, dude. Well, hey, Lawrence, 21 <laughs> yeah. and a half pounds. Gee. He's bigger than mine. My biggest cat is 18. This one's this one's just this one is only 15. But he's big boy too, though. So. <laughs> That's he's a like, big what cat. What are you doing with me? <laughs> and uh, you know what? Guys who are cat lovers get a bad rep. <laughs> <laughs> they're low That's maintenance, man. They are they're low maintenance. They, they take care of themselves, man. Yeah, they're just but, chilling. Dude, I'm so I'm not. But just on a tangent, real quick, I'm not. I'm not home enough for a dog. Seriously, I'm, I'm not, not either. I work. 10 to 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday. I'm just not home. My apartment, my, my, my condo would get trashed. 
trash. <laughs> I, like, well, if you don't I, have I, a yard to, for the dog to just run around in for seven hours a day, then it's yeah. it's it's <gasps> just. I mean, you're kind of just being. I don't know. It's not good for the dog then. <laughs> But I appreciate you coming on, man. I really do. Thanks for the thanks for the time. Thanks for the insight. Much appreciated. Hey, not a problem. Like I said, man, anytime you, you want to have me back on, just uh, shout me out. Please. Give me, like I said, give me a, at least a day's notice. And then I'm you generally good to go. I'll try to find some way. So yeah, I'll, I'll definitely I'll definitely give you a give you a heads up for sure. All right. But thanks again, man. We're gonna transition into some baseball and your boy is going to get a little heated because I'm final. I'm very happy with Red Sox management trying, trying, well, finally admitting their their damn mistakes that they messed up at the deadline. But thanks well, again, Lawrence. Yep, much appreciated, buddy. Always good to work with you. I will definitely be in touch. We'll have you on. We're definitely going to have you back, bud. All right. Have a good day, man. You take it easy, brother. Tell Lawrence. Later, man. All right, you're going to go on a Red Sox. He said we need a, cat, a catnip sponsor, Jorge. I agree. Or is it George? I'm not sure. So, people go by both. So we're going to transition into the Sox now, guys. Thanks again to Lawrence for coming on. Much, much appreciated. That was um, – he's all, he's a great football mind to have on. He is. Yeah, he's giving us all types of information. It's awesome. So let's, tra let's transition into the into some baseball. Now I don't know if you saw JD, but there's an article out that 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 multiple on multiple different platforms now. Red Sox management has ha, upper management has admitted their mistakes. They have said they've basically admitted that. Um, let me bring the article up. Hold on, let me bring it up. Yeah, they basically see. said we if they if the Sox don't make the postseason, it's on us. Hey, at least you can admit it. At least you can admit it. That's that's uh that's I mean that takes a lot, honestly. So the Red Sox, the Red Sox management comes out and they basically say if if uh let me try and find it here, guys. I apologize. It basically says that if the Red Sox do not make the playoffs and they continue their this this tailspin that it's on us and you know what that's that's they didn't point fingers they didn't they didn't uh um they didn't, they didn't like just shrug it off and say oh whatever yeah, that, that's what yeah. they didn't shrug it off they didn't be they there was there they, wasn't, there wasn't they realized that you know they weren't that they didn't they were stagnant they realized they were stagnant and they're they're owning up to it and that's good i mean they have a loyal loyal strong global fan base so they need to be transparent uh, in my opinion it's the trans the, the the global fan bases that aren't transparent a lot of those guys end up a lot of those fan bases like end up stagnant or they're made fun of a lot i'm not trying to i'm not trying to say just the cowboys but a lot of times the cowboys are made fun of for that reason is because jerry jones is kind of goofball and uh you never really know what you're going to get with him and he's not very transparent. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess he is transparent, but it's in a very goofy way. So that that's – and if you are transparent and you're doing it in a very professional way like the Red Sox seem to do, um, I mean, that's good. And uh, uh, George Rubio says, after hearing the outrage coming out of Boston, uh, yeah, they, they admitted that. Yeah, that's exactly – that must have been what it was. Um, they heard they heard Bobby Montaigne on the I-90 podcast and uh, – 
and he's just and he was going off. And you know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta admit it. You gotta be like, oh well. I mean, Bobby said we we didn't do a good job. He ranted about us in a separate video. We made a mistake. You looked in the mirror, and they understand that Beantown Breakdown knows better than they do. And that's just a fact. So here we go. Right here it is. It says Red Sox GM, which is Heim Heim Bloom. It's on the front office if the team misses the playoffs. That's straight from Heim Bloom, straight from the GM. Said if said wow. if, that if they if they missed the they they there is no reason there is no reason why they shouldn't have been able to get Rizzo. You think so? There's no reason why they shouldn't have. So I'll read you another one. So the yeah, quote, the, the quotes continue. It says, first of all, I hope that doesn't happen." Um, this is from, uh, this is from, hold on here. I can't see who is this from? It doesn't say, it says, first of all, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, and it says socks, uh, socks, general manager, Heim, uh, or no, general. Oh, excuse me, general manager, GM. That's so. It's not Heimbloom. I take that back. That is Brian O'Halloran. It says he's yeah, prepared he's got to Gallo and Rizzo. prepared for the front office to take the blame for his teams for his team missing or if the team misses the playoffs. Excuse me, guys. I'm trying to read this off of a a text message here. And then he went on WEEI further saying that for I hope that I hope that does not happen but does not dismiss the possibility that it could. I mean, you're in a, you're in the best division in baseball right now. Am I right about that? Yeah. Like the Rays, yeah. Yankees, you know, Sox. Yeah. Like I, I haven't seen the record in the last week or so, but I believe it was the best division last time I looked. And, um, it, and you're, you're, you, every little thing matters, right? Every little thing matters. The Yankees obviously are going to be the Yankees. They're going to get Gallo. And, but the, yeah, I mean, I agree. If you could have gotten Rizzo, you should have gotten Rizzo. That's it's yeah. I said Rizzo was definitely in play. We should have got Rizzo. They were. Yeah, it they seems were to be a consensus. Rizzo, Rizzo was definitely in play. He was he the was GM. There was no reason. There was no reason why they shouldn't have been able to get him. None. None. That's a failure. I mean, that's. I mean, that'd be a failure from the GM's uh, point of view. And that's that. It's been a while since I've seen them like actually like take responsibility for something. So, I think. I personally think that they're feeling the heat about it. Like I think they, I think they're feeling the heat from, from fans, from, from the, I think they're just, the heat's just been cranked up on them because they, they can't continue to perform like this. They, they, they can't, can't do it. What's up coach, coach K in the house. What's up, man? What up, man? But they, they can't continue to, (laughs) to, uh, they can't continue to to just ignore it. It's 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 gotten to the point where they can't ignore it anymore. That's that's a good way to put it. They've tried to like I think they hoped that it would just that the Sox would would pull out of it and 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 uh and just continue their uh you know their winning ways, but it it really did take a toll. So to see that, to see somebody in the front office finally being like um so it, you know, someone in the front office. It doesn't have to be Heim Bloom or Henry, but somebody in that front office, the GM. I was about to ask, was it was it Henry or it wasn't Henry though who said that? No, it wasn't John okay. Henry or Heim Bloom. It was uh, 
Brian O'Halloran. He's going to get fired for saying that. <laughs> Is he not? Like, I mean, the Red Sox, Boston Red Sox, general manager. By your bosses, kind of. Are you not? Or no? It's, I mean, is he on their level? No, he's not on their level, but he is saying he's not like Heim Bloom and Henry, but he is. He, is, but if he that 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 what that tells me is that Heim Bloom and and Henry feel the same way. Oh, okay. Or at you least Heim, so? if if the GM is if that well, he's not talking negative, like he's not talking behind. His no, back I, I think okay. he's just. I think he's just saying the facts. I think he's. I think he's echoing. I think he's echoing what upper management is feeling. Hmm. Hey, I mean, he said you don't manage the Red Sox, the Yankees, the same way you manage. Yeah, that's exactly true. Well, when you got that, all that, that money, that was like the take I had last last time. I that was the take I had last time. It's 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 the the take I had last time was was you're worth like three and a half billion dollars. Like just sacrifice the 500,000 or 600,000. Like, that's what it, like, that's like, like, let's be honest. That's like five games. You know what I mean? Like, that's like five games for them. You know what I mean? Like five revenue games for them. That's yeah. So you're telling me you're not going to, you're not willing, you're that, that's like, it's a, it's a, it's a confidence thing though. Like that doesn't bode well for like, like you're going to tell me that you're not willing to sacrifice the, the, the income of five games to go win a world series championship. Like, come on now. Like, what's that say? Like we're the Boston Red Sox. We're not like, we're not, you know, we're not some low level team like the brewer, you know, like the brewers or some team that doesn't put a lot of fans in the sands. You know? <laughs> no. Yeah. I know what you mean though. It's, it's one of the top five French. Well, it's one of the top 10 franchises in all of American sports. Yeah. So, I mean, across the board. So, like, if you're one of those big franchises, you expect to make big moves when you need to or when you're close to a championship. So You make the moves yeah. you need to win. I mean, and we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe it's all about – we talked about it, uh, I think, last time. It's all about getting high at the right time with, the, with baseball. The so, momentum. we'll see. Yeah, the momentum. And momentum carries you so far. And momentum can it's, – it's like a wave. It can crash or it can keep on going. It's – it's um we'll see what happens, but I agree that that if you are one of those franchises and you do have the payroll that you have, then you should be getting every single guy possible. You should be like the Dodgers and Yankees just cashing the F out. Um and the and the Cubs, they do cash the F out when they need to, but the, the Cubs know that they're trash right now. So we've accepted there's there's a like you said before in our you know in episode one, there's a fire sale going on over there. Now, do you think they're just trying to get collateral you know collateral for the draft and and They're just rebuilding yeah I'm i was just gonna over. say re rebuilding the youth and the farm system and just kind of and kind of like plan for five years down the line you know three to five years down the line what i think is that they don't believe that they had neither the hitting nor the long-term pitching to make a serious run so yeah. they were just like okay we have a few guys we'll sell the big money guys that we have we'll try to get as much money as we can and then we'll try to build on new stars also i hear that uh javier baez might be back next year so we'll see that, that's good for you guys then he's pretty young too so he's now, like you can build around him yeah. oh no you definitely we miss him now, what the 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 like right now the socks are not in a spot like they're not let's be honest they're not 
playing like they're playing right now, they're not in a spot. To, I mean, like, let's say they had to beat the the Astros to get into the world, you know, to get to the World Series. Yeah. I don't have a lot of confidence in them doing that right now. The Astros, they're just if you from top to bottom on that roster, I think they're just a better a better overall team. I'm looking at the AL standings. You know, right you know now. what I mean. Like yeah. teams like teams like having to go through teams like the Astros, having to go through teams like the Rays, even getting past the Rays right now for the Sox would be tough. But like having to play the Astros in the postseason, like that, well, yeah, and they're they're only that's a, a tall game with, with, especially with the pitching with the pitching the way it is. It's a very very tall ask, like a very tall ask for them to do. They either have to play the Rays, the Yankees, or the the um, Athletics. Probably right for that wild card. If they if they got in the wild card, is that right? If they get in the wild card, yep, yeah, yeah. So and yeah, the Rays are going to make the play. They, they, yeah, they, there's just it's a tall ask right now for them to stay in contention. It's a tall ask. Yankees are on an eight game winning streak. My God, nine of the last ten. Jeez. They, yeah, they've that. they've caught they've caught fire. Nine of the last ten and eight. I think eight eight in a row now. Insane. So that's that's not good for the for the Red Sox. What would really help the Red Sox? When's the next time that they face the Yankees? Let me see. They have to sweep them the next time yeah. they play them. It really that would give them a crap load of momentum if they could really get in a solid series against. I the think Red, it's in September. I think it's in September. Uh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, there's not there's not one for in a month. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. That's that's tough. You got like a whole month and a half to do it. But you got to start building momentum right now if you're the if you're the Red Sox. That's for damn sure. They have got to sweep these. They have got to sweep this series coming up. They have got to sweep this series. They should absolutely beat this Ranger team every night. They should beat this team every night, without a question. They're the better team. They got better talent. They should absolutely do it. Um, Definitely. It was just. I just wanted. The, it's just nice. Like I said, it's nice to see the somebody. From, it might not be Heim Bloom or Henry, but somebody from the front office is taking account. Of, like they feel that they feel the pressure, which is, it's like it's about they're acknowledging time. it. Like, yeah, hey, they're acknowledging that that they heard you guys <laughs> that they screwed up. And uh, we probably should have done something. And my bad. We'll, we'll look <laughs> yeah, into that in the future. <laughs> our bad guys. Sorry, we might just hey. we might not make the postseason because we were cheap. Sorry. I don't know if that's a good. <laughs> If I'm the owner of the Red Sox, I don't know if that's what I want to hear, like or the owner group or whatever, the ownership group. Like I'm just like, hmm, okay, thanks, I guess, for wasting the year. But anyway, at least you acknowledged it. But um, yeah, he says our offense has been trash against good teams. Man, I can't wait for the postseason. That sounds really familiar. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait either. The the baseball is so unpredictable. That's why it's it's like. It, you know, I, I fall in and out of the season every year because yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, wait a minute, that game's the team's on a five game losing streak. What? I thought they were doing well. It's crazy. All right, but so yeah. let's head back down I ninety, Coach. Yeah, I, I'm not Coach. JD. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Um, we're gonna head back into the Windy City. I want to ask you something. So I was reading something the other day about your Chicago Bulls, and they are apparently entertaining trades or exploring trade trade options for for Lori Markinen. Yes. Oh yes. Uh Maxi Kleber Kleber was one Kleber, guy that, right? Yeah, yeah Kleber, was one Kleber. guy they were talking about. 
I would absolutely love that because I think that that would be one of the dumbest thing that Dallas could do. And I can tell you exactly why. And this would be, this is, this is just my opinion, but I, I really believe this to be true. After watching both, both Maxi and Lowry, I can tell you like for like years, actually, both of them a lot because I've watched both. I've watched a lot of Dallas games. I've watched a lot of Bulls games. So I have seen both of these guys play extensively a lot. Mm. Maxi is a much better overall modern player for today. Lowry Markinen is a very, very, very poor man's, like a broke man's uh, Dirk Nowinski. Like you give him the ball and he can maybe make something happen sometimes. He can make some shots. He is okay down low. He's okay, kind of like with the hook shots and the passing, and he's a solid player. But he's but Maxi Kleber is like a six foot eight, uh, Robert Covington type of three and D. Like he guarded Kawhi Leonard well. Like not he didn't overwhelm him, but he gave him problems. Kleber's so, def- defense I is want much Kleber. better. If Kleber's you're a Mobile Bulls fan, I want him. As a Luca fan. I'd feel bad giving Luca Lowry Markin. <laughs> I would feel bad because he's <laughs> Luca's gonna give him the ball and then Lowry's gonna start dribbling and Luca's gonna be like, What are you doing? Shoot it, you idiot. So <laughs> it's gonna be bad for Luca if he gets Lowry Markin. I'm gonna be very sad. For the bull, that would be that would be a good, be a good pickup for the Bulls, though. The, de- oh, the yeah. defensive on the defensive side, Cle- uh Clever is 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 very Lonzo good. Lonzo to Clever would be money. Money because Lonzo's gonna he's gonna drive and then Clubber's wide open three yeah. point shot and people Clubber can Clubber can shoot the mid range jumper really good he's a good he's a great shooter he kind of reminds me of Danilo Gallinari only he's bigger and plays bigger. better yeah. defense he can't shoot as well as Danilo Gallinari Gallinari went nuts sometimes but he's got that jumper shot where he can shoot from the mid to the three no I like him he's tall he's big he's tall he can shoot he's French. And they came in silver this year. French are really good basketball players, man. You got a lot of good players. There's there. a lot of guys coming out of France now that that are very good, very good. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, no, yeah, I I think that would be a great play for the or a great trade for the Bulls. So I have completely mixed feelings about it. As a Luca fan, I don't like it. As a Bulls fan, I absolutely love it. So well, yeah, because it would really it would hurt. You know, it would hurt Doncic losing. You know. Losing. I think that would be crazy for Nico Harrison for that be, for to be his first trade, for yeah. to be his first trade to trade Maxi Kleber, a guy who Luca has a lot of like rapport with. That'd be just nuts. But um, he said, "I like Kleber. I would trade for Markinen. You would trade? Okay, so Karam thinks that he would trade for Markinen. See, this is this is really like in a point of opinion. Like as a Bulls fan, I don't like Markinen. Um, he's I okay. think Markinen is too slow. I He's, think Kleber yeah. Kleber plays the game at a quicker pace, and I think he would fit that. The way the see, I think the balls, I think the balls are going to be up up tempo with what they got now, and I just don't think Markinen fits that because I think he's too slow. I think Kleber, I think Kleber would fit that style of how, at least to me. That's how I think the Bulls are going to play. But I mean, you've you watch you you're a Bulls. You you know the Bulls better than I do, but that's that's how I think they're going to play. So I think Kleber would fit better. What I'm kind of mind blown about is that this is even like I'm sure this has to be the Bulls camp floating this. Like it has to be. Who even want? I'm not even trying to be a jerk to him. He's a, he's an okay player, but who even really wants Lowry marketing right now? Like does anyone really even want him? Dallas actually wants him. I don't believe I don't believe that. Like I actually yeah, like, what's his market? Sound what's, what's his market? 
Yeah, what's his market? Kleber's market, every, all 30 teams want Maxi Kleber at that money that he makes. He makes like what, like eight, nine million? Let me double check. I like, th yeah, uh, I think it's eight or nine, Maxi something like Kleber. that. It's, it's not it's not a lot at all. A three and D guy who's six foot eight at eight point nine million dollars for four years. Uh what? <laughs> you you want an unrestricted free agent that you have to pay. Uh, who may be slightly a little bit more talented than Kleber overall, but doesn't play the same style and doesn't play them as efficient of a style as Kleber does. I think that's insane. That's uh, absolutely nuts. Felicio, uh, we can't trade Felicio. I believe we cut him. Pretty sure he got you would cut. Have to, you would have to release him. You'd have to I'm cut pretty him. Sure I think. We already traded, I'm pretty sure we already did release him. But um, I don't know. Let me double check that, actually. I could be I wrong. think you would have to cut him, right? What's up, Damian? But yeah, no, I I don't even understand where in the why in the world the Mavericks if they do this that'd be a one solid step to losing Luka Doncic long term. That'd be a solid step forward to losing him. But hey, come to the Bulls. Join your friend Maxi. Come on, <laughs> come to the Bulls. Forget it. We don't need. I don't need to even have this Dallas jersey anymore. Can you imagine Luka in a Bulls uniform? Luke, <laughs> so great. Oh, I can't Luka, imagine Luka, Lonzo, Maxi. <sighs> Vucevic, Vucevic, Levine. Yeah. Oh God, we'd win. Oh, we win, dude. We win. <laughs> we need like one solid. We need like one more defender, and we'd win. We'd win a title for sure. If we just had Luca and one more defender, wing defender. Oh God, that'd be so. Man, this is exciting. What a great podcast so far. <laughs> man, this is awesome. All right, what's the next topic? We we got Robert Williams. Yeah. Or no, we aren't doing that yet. We're gonna do something else. No, we can jump into the Robert Williams stuff. So we'll come back to Boston, take another about 12-hour drive down the and down the pike and back into back into <laughs> Massachusetts. And we will uh we're gonna talk about the Celtics. And again, they make another move. This time it's keeping one of their own in-house, though. They extend Robert Williams four years, fifty-four million. So about about uh, about probably in be um. I'm sorry, I'm trying to. Right, I'm good, trying man. to trying to talk here, but it's brain and mouth disconnect. Um, for that kind of money for Williams, I think it's a good deal. I like it. I like the money. I like the deal. I like Williams. Uh, and now that Al Horford is now that Al Horford's uh back, don't don't underestimate how Horford's going to be mentoring Robert Williams too. So I think he's only going to get better too. Like, I think that's, I think it's a good deal. I, I, I like the money. I like the length. Um, and Williams last season was one of the very few bright spots on, you know, on that, that team. Um, I, yeah, no, yeah, I agree. And uh, I think he's athletic. I think he's young. I think he does exactly what Brad Stevens wants him to do. I think he had a good price. Um, the only thing I would question at all now is now you have about like $42 million, I think, mm -hmm. each year in the center position. So with that being said, you guys better play dang good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like the, de the defense better be good. The defense better be – like the rim protection better be not a problem anymore because it was a problem. It better not be anymore. <laughs> there better be no problems. So well, you um, got Hor you got Horford, Cantor, Rob and Robert Williams. Well, Cantor's I mean? not much of a he'll help on offense, but but not much Horford, of a defender though. 
Horford and Williams will be the defensive guys. Keep everybody in line, yeah. And, and Williams can do it too. He's athletic. Can't I, do, I do like yeah. the money though. I like the money. I think it's a. I think it's. I think that's a good for somebody with a high as high a ceiling as he as I think he has. I think it's it's. I think the money's good. I think the length is is good. I like it too. Um, the one one of the concerns though is for Robert Williams. JD is the health. He's got to stay healthy. The guy's yeah, got to he stay healthy. He's got to stay on the court. Well, the price of everything is going up. Like centers. I, I mean, honestly excuse me, NBA players across the board, it sounds like a lot of money now. Wait two more years. Wait till people are making $55 million a year on their contracts, which they're just about there. Like, But the next CBA agreement, they're going to make like $50, $60 million a year. So $10 million, <laughs> it's going to look really good a couple of years from now. So that's what Brad Stevens is thinking. He's thinking, okay, I'll pay a lot now, but wait for the salary cap to go up. Then that money won't look so big. And uh, I won't. It won't matter as much. Um, so yeah. So they're planning yeah. ahead with that. With that. They're summer. planning ahead. Smart. They're like saying, "We'll take this young guy. Give him some money. If he works out, great. If he doesn't, it wasn't that much money anyway." So. Yeah. Now, one other thing that I did read, and I want to kind of get your opinion on, is they. I read an article, and it was a few articles actually, and they they were saying something that the roster shakeup and movement for the Celtics is not done. Marcus Smart just signed a new deal as well with them. Mm-hmm. Now, there's rumors and rumblings going around that he could be a part of the shakeup and they could sign and trade him. I got, I got something for you. I got something for you. Give me give me one second and you'll be you'll be happy when I, when I show you, okay? Give me one second. All right, so it's a hint about what this trade is really going to be about. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> this is what Brad Stevens really wants. Here, let me make sure the camera can see it. Yeah, there oh, we go. yeah. Dame. <laughs> That's what it's really about. It's about Dame. That's what they want. They're looking well, at, all right, Jalen no. Brown. All right, draft Tatum, picks. Tatum was trying to recruit him in the Olympics from what I hear. I mean, why wouldn't you? He's Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard's not going to – okay, Dame Lillard needs a big brand. He needs a team that can that can attract free agents and has a good coach that can get to the finals, that has made to the playoffs a lot without him. You know, that's the Celtics. And then he needs a co-star who's like a superstar co-star, Jason Tatum. Yep. There it is. Dame Lillard, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, that's a championship contender. That is. Because um, you've got – all of what you need in the playmaking position. You got all of what you need uh, from like Jalen Brown and that mix too in the starting five. The spacing will be insane, dude. Like Dame Lillard creates almost as much spacing as Curry because of how far he shoots. So Lillard's just like dropping 45 bombs and then Tatum's just taking you to the rack every time or shooting three-pointers. It's like you got a, a great team. So I hope they get him. It's see now it's either Dame's a possibility, but he's very good friends. I think with Bradley Beal as well. These are worn too. You check this out. Yeah, I've been balling, <laughs> dude. That's just that's balling right there. Um, now he's good friends with Bradley Beal. Tatum's friends with Bradley Beal. Their their kids are friends. It just um, Bradley Beal would be good too. It, but it, who's your playmaker? It um, 
I just thought the article was was interesting, or the article, or those the just that thought of entertaining a, a smart trade. They sign him to a deal and then they trade. Like it could happen. It could. I know. I know. Who would um, you want? I know that they're they're sick and tired. The Celtics are sick and tired of falling short. I know that they're sick and tired of getting there and not being able to get over that that final obstacle to get to where they want to be. So. It wouldn't surprise me um, to see them make, you know, to make another rost- roster move. But that, um, that 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 would uh, that would be a a big time. That's a big move there to get a guy like Dame or a guy like Bradley Beal to the Celtics. That would that would definitely create some some hype and some momentum for them. Abs- absolutely. If they got Bradley Beal, who's their playmaker? That's my question. It would probably be a combo of Beal and Tatum. They would probably work together. I don't know if I see. But I don't know. know Tatum, want. I don't know if Tatum would want to give the ball. You know, Tatum. Tatum wants the team to be his. That's. I think that's their goal. They're trying to prove to Tatum that that they're 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 trying to show him that the team they they want him to lead. They want him to be the leader of the team. Now a move to bring Dame Lillard and and. Or, or a, a Dame, like a guy like Damian Lillard, or a guy like Bradley Beal. No offense, but those names are bigger than Jason Tatum. I think Dame is Beal is not. I, that's what I think. Uh, I think Dame is much bigger than than Tatum. I think that Beal is not bigger than Tatum. But my, but I would much rather have Dame if I'm if I'm the page or Patriots <laughs> if I'm the Celtics uh, personally. Uh, and here's what I would do if I had, if I if I could only get Bradley Beal. I'm giving a call to, and I don't care what I got to give up. I mean, I obviously care what I have to give up, but I, I'll give up a little bit to get Rajon Rondo because there is a guy who can bring you a title. That's a Rondo, guy. Who can Rondo's a pass first. You know, like we we've we said it in episode one. They they need they they don't need a point guard. They don't need a point guard that's going to be ball dominant. They need a guy who's going to score nine. You know, like a guy who's who's who scores you know, nine points a game and gets 12 assists a game. That's, that's the guy they need. Like two steals. Yeah. Now I like it. I, I, I would love that. And, and Rajan Rondo's already won. He's been to three titles with the Celtics or two title runs of the Celtics or something like that. He's won one. Um, I would love that. I would love to see Rajan Rondo come back to the, is he a free agent this year or is he still in contract with the Clippers? I don't even know anymore. They, they so just, the they need a guy like him. Like that, that that style of play. They need a guy who's not a ball hog, who's going to be completely fine with who's going to be completely fine with scoring, you know, 10 points a game. And he could go 10, 10, and three, you know? Yeah. And I, I would, I would like that. I think that CP3 would have been a really great option had it been an option, but it's too late now. Obviously, he's going to be with the Suns for probably the rest of his career. Um, no, I, I agree. I think that'd be really great. I think that'd be really great for the Celtics. Um, he said, "Would Rondo want to come back?" I don't know. Uh, he said, they "Would have to talk to him because I think he left on a sour note. I think he left kind of on a bad yeah, note. Like, they would have to talk to him." Yeah, but yeah, but Danny Ainge is gone. Yeah, uh, and and uh, who else is gone? Uh, the coach, I forgot his name. Brad Steven. Doc Rivers. It's a new team. Yeah, and Brad Stevens isn't. He's the GM, not the coach. Uh, he said Portland needs to tear it all down. I kind of agree with that. 
Cortland Rondo's getting old. No, I agree, but you the reason why you want Rondo is because he's old. You got all these young guys, and they yeah, need Yeah, you don't some want guy. him to want to be the focus. If he, he no Rondo, yeah. I think at this point in his career would be perfectly fine with sitting with 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 not being, you know, he doesn't the, have to start, but like a few passes a game that you you know, like from him. And also he can this is what I told Bobby a few times. He's the only guy in the entire league right now that can look at that can look at Tatum in the eyes and say listen man you got to listen to me a little bit because I'm the only one in the league who who put a banner up there he can look up at the, at the in the Celtics and the garden and he can <laughs> say like I put that banner up there did you put that banner up there I did so like yeah, I was yeah. I was a part of that team that put that banner up there yeah yeah no Just doubt for a me- mentality thing I don't know but I'm not in the locker room I don't know how it is but that's how I would think it would work out. Who knows, though? You want an unpopular opinion and a hot take? Go for it. Please. I would, if if push came to shove, um, I like Jalen Brown's mental facilities over Jason Tatum. I think Tatum's a little bit uh, mentally soft, and if somebody offered me the right trade, I'd probably trade him. You trade you trade Tatum over Brown over Jalen Brown. Yep. Cause I think Tatum's <laughs> mentally soft. Can he shoot? Can oh, he shoot? Baby. Can he shoot? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Tatum can shoot. Tatum's a playmaker, but I think he's mentally soft. But Tatum is one of the greatest players in the league. I mean, he's one of the top, but if you're telling me I could get Dame Lillard here, he is a ball hog. I mean, Oh, you're saying, Oh, Whoa, <laughs> dude, he just flipped this entire trade up on its own. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Wow. You guys hear if that? You're telling me, I, I'm just going off of mental. I, wow. I think I think Jalen Brown's more mentally strong than Tatum is. That's all. Yeah, and to sure. win a title, it takes a lot of mental fortitude. You got to, you know, it's a grind. Winning a title, winning an NBA title is a grind. And so I don't know. If, want- I don't know if Tatum, I don't know if Tatum, yeah, I don't know if Tatum's ready for that yet. That's all. Dude, I just got another trade. All right, I just got another trade in my brain. Think about this. All right, this is like the ultimate Celtic trade, like ultimate, like like getting like huge depth trade. Okay, All I'm right, just going off. off of what I what I saw last year and how the body how his body language was when they were losing. I'm just going off of that. That's all. I'm going off of that. I I I think I, I and don't don't I'm gonna get crushed for this, but but here's the thing. I know he's still young. I know he's got a lot of learning to do, but I think he's stubborn and I think he's mentally soft and I don't like it. He dropped 50 points in the playoffs though. I, I know that. win. All right. I'm just saying, I, I think the, the, the ment, the, his, his, his skill set is not in question. The guy can score and shoot yeah. and believe me, he's an incredible talent. I just think he's a little mentally soft and needs to, he needs somebody to kick that out of him. You know what I mean? He needs somebody to push that out of him. And teach him how to how to just ignore. You know what I mean? That I'm yeah, just yeah. No, I, I I agree. What if you traded Tatum and somebody else, or like whatever, just a random pieces or whatever, for uh, Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum? So then you have a starting point guard, a starting shooting guard, a starting three, and then you have Horford, and you have like everyone else. Now, now. Lots of people in the chat are making the point. Ime Udoku is the new coach, and hopefully he can get Tatum to to listen and and kind of year at least and kind of and kind of and kind of guide him, right? Yeah, he right? said no, bro. Both old. Yeah, I kind of agree actually. The more I said it out so, loud, so the more- 
here's the thing. If Ime Udoku, who he who Tatum incredibly respects, and he does, he respects him a lot. Man. If he can't get to Tatum and teach him how to be men- more mentally tough, I- I'm just that's my biggest concern with him is the when mental. When you say tough. mentally tough, what it, do you mean by that? I said it last. I said it last year, JD, last season that that the body language was a problem. He would just oh the body you, language, body okay. language, and just his mental. He was just mentally soft at times, and I know he's young, and I know he's you know what I mean. And it wasn't know, like Luca, where it's like he's and I know in. it's it's a flaming hot take, like like red hot take. I just I that's the one thing that bothers me with Tatum is the mental the mental toughness. I, I mean, I don't know about like when you say mental toughness, like I think of like whenever I think of like mental toughness, I think of like, okay, whenever the playoffs come around, the person shrinks. So that that's where I'm like, okay, he's definitely not that he doesn't have that problem. He definitely doesn't have that issue. Uh, Tatum doesn't shrink in the playoffs. He doesn't, he's, he dunked on LeBron when he was a rookie. Um, but, but I think I know what you mean. He's not. It's the maturity, projecting the, ma- the maturity, the right energy to his team as the leader. It's all about right? him. Yeah, it's him, exactly. him, him. And sometimes you can't win on your own, and I don't like that. He's number eight, Kobe, and you want number twenty-four, Kobe. Yeah, there it is. We we figured it out. I they, like I could agree with that. I I mean, he's definitely. He's he's not Kobe. He's bigger than Kobe, but he doesn't. He's not as offensive. But you know, I mean, it's that mentality. It's like the mentality. He tries to do it on his own and not involve anybody. And it's like that's not how this works, kid. You got to work on it. You got to work as a team, especially not with the Celtics. The Celtics. I did a video about this one time about why the Celtics needed to trade Kyrie Irving, and back then Kyrie Irving was the problem. For the Celtics, because okay, keep in mind this is the timeline. 2018, the Celtics have Isaiah Thomas, um, and a bunch of good players, Terry Rozier, Jason Tatum, all these guys. They they take LeBron seven games to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Mm-hmm. Seven games. Like, so they think at this moment in time, they're thinking, dude, we are right there. We only need just to make a little bit of adjustments and we'll be in the finals. Then they trade for Kyrie Irving thinking that, oh, this is going to push us so so far over the top that we'll be so much better. And they were way worse because Kyrie Irving was doing ISO. Tatum was beginning to become more of an ISO. And now that Tatum's seen that way of playing, it's hard for him to go back to being part of the system that he was that brought him to the Eastern Conference Finals. Am am I right about that? Well, yeah, they're just seem... and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but it is what it is. There are times where Tatum just seemed really selfish and didn't want to the ball and didn't, and didn't want to, didn't want to include any of his teammates, Brown included. Right. Well, you've got to include Brown. He's such a talented player. He really no, is. I, I know. I, yeah. I agree, but that's what I mean. There were times that just absolutely drove me batshit crazy because he wouldn't, it was just, it just seemed like it was all about him and that's it. And it's like, you can't, and I understand that he's still super young and he's still got a long way to go and a lot of learning, but that is my biggest concern with him is, is that, that, that me, me, me mentality never goes away. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. And honestly, the more I think about this trade that we like, we're talking about moving around. I don't know if you have to trade Brown or Tatum at all. Um, I think that you talked about trading smart. It's not the worst idea. 
Like you, you could explore what you get with him. You know what I mean? And maybe some draft picks and stuff. You want to make a run this year, though. People underestimate too. Sorry to interrupt. You. People underestimate okay. the mental, the mental. Like you need mental toughness to win a title. And if it's not there, you could have all the talent in the world. And if you don't have any mental tough, look at the Lakers. Zero mental toughness. They had all the talent on that team in the world, and they gave up. They gave up. LeBron walked off the court. You know, he did. The talent was there he to win titles, off the court to win multiple I, titles. And I don't he, know if that's the reason why they lost, but he definitely walked off the court. That was weak. He gave up. He gave up. And if you're that gonna if you're gonna do that and you're gonna be focused on you over the team and just be mentally soft, you're never gonna win. You're never Dude, gonna people win. People want to forget that about LeBron. People want to forget how much of a baby he really can be sometimes. And yeah. like that actually really bothers me because I you know what's funny is like I give LeBron credit where credit's due. As much as I criticize him, as many videos as I've made, like kind of trashing him a little bit, it's just I've given him credit, but like people want to brought like Isaiah Thomas, he walks off against Michael Jordan um, and he walks off against Larry Bird and he pisses a lot of people off. He gains that reputation. It's a well-earned reputation of being a bad sport. LeBron does the same thing, but because he's the media's little like, like buddy or whatever, they love him so much. I don't want to say anything too offensive because he's their whatever. They just can't talk bad about him. He's got it. He's oh, it's not his fault. His team sucks. Don't blame him. It's pathetic. He's got Anthony Davis himself. There was enough there to win another title. There was enough there, there was. on that team to win another title. They, they just. Uh, well, to, uh, that, to I'm just telling you, round, as a Celtic fan, my biggest concern is the the. My biggest concern is some of those guys on the some of those guys on the team are are, they 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 can be really selfish in times where they, you know, it's the maturity. They have to mature as a team, and if they don't mature as a team, it's like how long are you willing to wait? How long are you willing to give them to mature? And and when do you when do you when do you cut that cord and be like, all right, we got to try something new? I think the hope is that you brought back Horford, so Tatum no longer feels like he has to. Tatum should feel like I don't know if he does. He should feel like Horford is a guy who you can get to the Eastern Conference Finals with, and maybe even the finals with because you were just you were literally right there. Mm-hmm. So. Even though he's older, you still know he he has the mentality and he he knows what to do to get there. Um, and you honestly didn't have much more than what you have in that team right now. The only other piece that you're missing is, or I guess the only p- two pieces are Jay Crowder and uh, Isaiah Thomas. Is, isn't that it? Like who else am I thinking? Yeah, of? Terry Rozier. Sorry, Rozier too. Yeah, you got yeah, yeah Rozier. So you're missing there. a few guys, I guess, but um Giannis and Katie are better well yeah LeBron LeBron is not the best. We could talk about that for a few more if you want. LeBron is not the best player in the world anymore. You want to talk about that? Or you want to skip that? No, it's uh, it's we could go, we could go for a few. It's it's no, I, I mean, if you're talking to if you want to put players above LeBron, I'd put KD, I'd put Giannis, and um, yeah, KD and Giannis are the two that I would absolutely I put Steph, above them. I think Steph is better than LeBron because LeBron is oh, not Steph, Curry's, Curry's definitely better than more, better, better than him right now. It is at this point, absolutely. LeBron is not an elite defender anymore. Okay, he's uh, average to above average defender depending on his matchup against Trey Young. He's trash. Watch Trey Young versus LeBron James. You're gonna laugh your ass off. Trey Young craps on LeBron James. He is completely dominates well, LeBron. Trey plays both. Trey 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 plays both ways. That he's a fun guy to watch play. He's amazing. Trey Young is one of the best young players that we've ever seen, and. Uh, 
And, and oh yeah, LeBron. Like I would argue LeBron. Like let's let's I, you, let's let's name players that we can name over LeBron. Okay, Giannis. I would say is are inarguably better than LeBron right now. KD. KD is better than LeBron right now. Steph. I I think that's I think he is. He can drop as much he's as, a, I, as, much as I hate the guy Kyrie. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna give Kyrie that much credit. You can't. Because Kyrie plays as much defense as LeBron, but I just think he can shoot better at this point. You can you can give it to him. I'll give I'll give him. Uh, I'll say Harden's on the same level as LeBron. I'd say he's about. I'd say maybe offensively he's better than. They're LeBron. about the same. Yeah, yeah Harden and LeBron are about the same. Kyrie, I'm not gonna give him that. I don't even think Kyrie is very valuable personally. A lot of people like he's Kyrie. A head case, though. I he's don't an like absolute him. head case. Trey Young, who's or who's JD, who's better, Trey Young or SGA? Um, Trey Young, sorry, sorry, Karam. Trey Young's better. I know SGA is better defender and he's bigger, but Trey Young does more to the Trey's, to Trey's the got game. the mentality. Trey's he's got the mentality. Killer. He's an absolute murderer. Like he's one of the. He's honestly, there's. I don't even know if there's that many better, like cold blooded shooters than Trey Young. Like he might. He's like right. It's him and Curry are right there. It's just yeah. Deadly. So Murray or Fox. Ooh, this will be so, fun. We're gonna have a game. <laughs> let's take like 15, 20 minutes of questions from the chat, JD. Okay. And then we will roll on out of here. But this was a good show, man. Once again, big thank you to Lawrence Owen for stopping by and giving us oh, God, the, he was great. football insight. We are definitely gonna be working with him again. Please, please, anytime. Yeah, all football season, hopefully. Uh, hold on. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I gotta go. There's a spider up in the corner of my wall, and I'm not even joking. It's the size of a half dollar. I gotta go get rid of this thing. Go because take care of it. If not, if not, I'm gonna have nightmares. So give me I'll like answer, yeah. 30 seconds, and I'm I'll gonna talk go, about basketball. I'm gonna go squash him with my flip flop right now. <laughs> All right, so so we we talked about so the better players than LeBron. So I'm gonna go Giannis, Katie, Steph. That's three. I'm gonna say Luka Doncic is better because if you look at what he does every game. I mean, it's hard to argue that he's – and also, he plays defense. He doesn't play amazing defense, but he plays defense. So I'm going to give four people better than LeBron James right now. Kawhi Leonard, that's interesting. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. It's very close, though, Lissandro. I, I kind of agree. with He said he's probably better. On some nights, I would agree with you. On some nights, I think it's close. It's close, man. Like, Kawhi is right there with LeBron. Uh, LeBron – because here's the thing, man. LeBron, he's not a walking bucket anymore, bro. He's not going to physically dominate you anymore. He doesn't want to hurt himself anymore. You can tell he's like ever since that groin, like he'll have his explosive nights, right? Where he just feels great. And that's LeBron. He's doing his LeBron thing and he's like LeBroning all over people. But then you have those other nights where it's like, oh, that's the matchup. Well, this guy's guarding me well. LeBron's very timid. So is he still a top 10 player? Sure. I he's got him more good. <laughs> I feel like him, Kawhi. And uh, and uh, who is it? James Harden. They're all on the same level. LeBron, Kawhi, and James Harden. They're like tier two, tier like right, yeah. like tier two. Uh, I think. See, I think there's like one, one A, and then like tier two. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're like one A, right? Yeah, so they're like, like a one A. Yeah. So like one, the first tier. Yeah, he's got to be like Katie, Steph, and Giannis. Like they're the ones who are just like, okay, these guys are just absolute killers. Um, let's see here, Jokic or Embiid? We talk about that for a second. Jokic, give me Jokic any day of the week. Embiid is a seven foot tall. So stiff. hard. It's so hard. Um, 
He's a seven-foot-tall sissy. I would take Jokic, but it's closer than what Bobby's saying. I would say Jokic, the reason I take him is because you can build – anyone can be a star when Jokic is in the game. And mm-hmm. Bede is generally that he has to dominate the ball in order to be really good. Jokic can be – he can just play alongside anyone. Um, you can plug Jokic into any any team and he'll help the team. And Bede might stagnate the team. He, Like you said, he's kind of a statue. But if I need one bucket down low in the entire league, give me Embiid. Yeah. And just yeah. One. Oh, yeah. Joel, just, just stand here and dunk this ball. Even more me. than Giannis. It's either him or – yeah. Just Wow. God, they're so good. Tatum or Booker? I mean, you got to go with Tatum. I, Booker. Defensively, I got to go with Tatum. I mean, Booker, he's small. He's very small. Booker is a killer, though. Like, mentally, in the brain, oh, God, he's a killer. Yeah. But Tatum. I'm telling you, man. Bigger. Big guy. 6'8". If, if, if Tatum could ever get over that, get over that, mental, that mental hurdle that he has, he's he's going to be a a problem for a lot of people for a long time but he he's got to worry about, he's got to get over that he's got to get over that mental that mental hurdle he needs to worry less about being a superstar and more about being a champion that's yeah. what i think yeah that's that's i think his his biggest problem westbrook or irving that's a good one i'm going to go westbrook i like i'm going to go westbrook I, he's more reliable plays more games he I'll go. I'll go, West, I'll go at Westbrook too because Irving's a head case, and you he's, never know what you're going to get with never him. Never know what you get. Yeah, he's more raw talent. He's more raw talent. Irving does. You never know what you're going to get with him, though. Irving's a head case. Yeah. Irving is like Westbrook is completely and utterly dedicated to the game of basketball. He's completely in. Uh, Irving yeah. is like eh, I don't know. Maybe see how I feel next week. So, do y'all got any <laughs> questions for us? Anything you want us to talk about? Anything you didn't hear us talk about before we get out of here? Episode two of the I-90 Sports Podcast. We got two hours to upload on. Yeah. John Waller, CP3. CP3 in a heartbeat. Zion over Randall, of course. Randall's think, a great player. Hey, you think, you, think, you, think, uh, you think CP3 will ever get back to, will ever get back to the finals? Oh. <laughs> no. Nope. nope. I think I that was think so. I think I think that was his chance. I think that was What about the Bruins? Not too much going on with them. We're just kind of I'm waiting, you know, we'll be we'll be we'll be getting to them in about a month. We'll be talking more about them in about a month. Oh yeah, there you go. Thoughts on the but AD I, fight? We definitely appreciate you guys. Me and JD do. Thanks for thanks for uh, hanging out with us for two hours and best chat on YouTube. We definitely appreciate it. I think we hit on a lot of good stuff uh, today. Heck yeah! Thoughts on the AB fight? Do you expect anything less? It's AB. <laughs> if People there was an offseason without an AB fight, I might be concerned. <laughs> They'd be like, "What's wrong with you, AB? Come on, you good?" <laughs> You still there, it's like bud? That, it's like that that Vontez Barfect and AB meme. <laughs> he not he knocked the sense out of him. No, it's like <laughs> I have no problem with it. Honestly, like it's football, dude. If you don't fight in football a little bit, I fought in football in high school, man. If you don't fight a little bit in training camp, it's, even it's with your buddies, like come on, it, it, they they happen. The fights at training camp and the fights at the joint practices happen. They they happen. Mm-hmm. It's more of a story for like the media. They're like, oh my God. 
He said JD Chicago was rocking from for CM Punk. It was. It was. What? CM Punk. Wrestling. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, it was rocking yesterday. Okay, I got you. I read that wrong. It was. Chicago was rocking yesterday. Okay. It's his hometown, man. Hell yeah. That's what's up. That's Rubio's hometown too? Well, it's I, I'm from West. No, that's Chicago. Chicago. So that's uh, CM Punk is is uh, he, he, Chicago's his hometown. Oh yes, yes. That's what's up. I haven't watched much WWE. Uh, who cares? The WWE sucks. AEW is better. <laughs> what is it? AEW. AEW is the new wrestling. The new wrestling oh, okay. um, company. I've seen a little bit on the Pat McAfee show, but that's who ca- who cares? <laughs> who cares about WWE anymore? They're booking, they're booking, and their and their uh, scripts have been terrible for years. I just, I mean, I, I like I like raw sports that is unscripted. You know what I mean? That's what I'm more. That's into. why AEW is oh, better they, they that's why AEW is better because they give the uh, they give the the talent more control. They don't script everything mm-hmm. up. It's it's a lot better of a show. You streaming the Sox game, Bobby? Well, I be streaming we the off. Sox. I will not be streaming the Sox today. I will be. I will be at the stadium. So I am going Ooh, to the game tonight. Yeah, got him. I forgot you told me that. Actually, I think you told me that. Mavs fans for life. Mad the legend. <laughs> Mavs fans for life. I'm not a Mavs fan. I'm going to be straightly, totally. He's a Luka Doncic fan. He loves I'm a Luka Doncic stan. That's it. I'm. I here. Let me show you. I'm. I'm a Chicago fan. Like through. He's and a through. Chicago fan, but he is a yeah. Luka Doncic stan. I, and I have Chicago I have Bulls jerseys and, and everything. It's just I just wanted to rock the Luca today. I don't know. I figured we'd talk some basketball. So I wanted to rock a little Luca today. My Luca. I'm a huge Luka Doncic fan. Everyone's Dude, he's, like MFF. He's, he's you we haven't seen a, a talent like like I'm telling you, man, these next like five years when some of these got five years, like when when guys like LeBron are fit, you know, when they fade out, you know, when Harden fade out, you know, and these guys fade out. That that next group of young talent's gonna be fun to watch. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's it, you're right. It's gonna be amazing. And Luca, honestly, all he has to do just become a little bit more efficient, and then it's over. It's over for the league, dude. It's <laughs> done. It's cooked. Just like just to be a little bit smarter with the ball, it's over. <laughs> Everyone's screwed after that. So yeah, no he's doubt. got he's got the league in his hands. Dalton or Fields? That'll be my last question to answer. Fields. Let's go, baby. Bear down. Bear down, right, JD? Hell yeah, I'm going to watch that today. I'm excited. I can't wait to watch Fields. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. But that'll do it for today's show, guys. That'll do it for today's show. I will be uh, I'll be live tonight, uh, or I'll, I'm going to be at the stadium tonight. I'll be at Fenway tonight uh, enjoying the Sox game. You're going to see some pictures. I'll put some pictures up on uh, on hopefully hopefully some live video and some pictures up on uh, – on the community tab or up on the channel, but that's what I will be doing uh, today. So peace out, Lasandro. Um, Thanks for hanging out. Once again, guys, thank you. Uh, me and JD um, appreciate you guys showing up. The best chat on YouTube. We we um it definitely it's definitely we definitely appreciate you guys supporting the podcast. And uh, this thing's just gonna continue to grow. We're just gonna keep it rolling. Episode two. And uh, next we week, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio, add us, download us on iHeartRadio. Yeah, iHeartRadio, it's up on iHeartRadio. Where is it again? At Elk City, not on Apple yet, but soon, hopefully. And then iHeartRadio and uh, YouTube. So 
so far. So you can listen on iHeartRadio, guys. Give it, give it a like on that, and uh, that's where you, uh, you can find us here. For anybody listening on iHeartRadio that's found the podcast, we are live on YouTube. So the show is broadcast live Saturday or Sunday morning, depending on – mine and JD's schedule, but it is usually about 10.30, in the, 10.45 a.m. in the mornings, uh, Saturday or Sunday. So if you're listening on iHeartRadio um, or Apple when it's up, when it gets put up on Apple, um, that is where you can listen and be a part of the live show. You can be a part of the live chat. We do this broadcast live um, on YouTube as well. So um that is uh that's all we got for you guys today. Once again, appreciate all of y'all for the continued support. And we look forward to uh seeing you back next week. We are signing off though, guys. Y'all have I'm a JD's good one. Beantown breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be up on Bean uh the Beantown Breakdown YouTube channel, which is my channel. And then JD, what's your channel name? JD Bot. JD Bot. JD. Well, you can look up JD Bot or if you'll find it, but uh, JT Bot, uh, JD Bot, excuse me, JD Bot is uh, JD B O T T S, right? Bots. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. JD Bots. Yes. Sorry. Right. So yeah, that is where y'all will be able to find the uh, the live show and, and the replay. Um, the edited version, yeah. Either way, though, that, that, like, so you'll be able to find the shows on both of our YouTube channels if you want to be a part of the, the live chat. And we thank you guys again. We'll see you next weekend. Go Pats. JD, what else? Bear down. Let's go. Bear down. Well, today, everybody, let's go. Bear down. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Appreciate every single one of y'all. Everybody have a good weekend. Me and JD are out of here. Peace. All right. Peace out, boys. <laughs>